Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Happy Friday. It's Friday, November 20th, 2020. And uh, I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie. Sorry, I saw my volume on, and while you were talking, I had a really fun commercial playing a song. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can hello. dance <laughs> on air. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we are. If if you haven't noticed, I, mean, I guess if you're here, you've noticed. We're back. We're back on our main channel. So uh, yay! Let's hope we can stay here. Finally. Don't know, but the we're long gonna. Last, give what did they shot. say? The the long national nightmare is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. As we've said in the past, I do think big tech companies are just emboldened by the election results and are going to just get worse over time. So. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. We do have plans to be uh, getting ourselves alternate platforms. We are on Library and BitChute right now, but obviously those platforms don't have live streaming. So, uh, But if you're looking for videos, you can go to those two spots and you can find our videos. Uh, also, by the way, thank you guys for... I was, I've been uh, bad about keeping up with uh, PayPal, but there's been a bunch of PayPal contributions coming in, I guess, through Ooh. the website. Uh, instead of Subscribestar. And I, I owe responses to some of the people that have uh, put money in, but I really appreciate it. And, you know, the more you guys help us, the wow. better, especially given that YouTube is <laughs> not really a reliable revenue stream anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, there's something... Last night, I was on a Comics Division's live show. I checked that out for oh, the first time. He was one, one of the guys on, on Friday Night Tights with me. Oh, okay. And he had a bunch of other people on his show and it was really fun hanging out, but I could not do super chats and I called my bank. It wasn't my bank or my card. It was something on YouTube's end. Like they wouldn't even la allow me to give money. Yeah. I still haven't figured it out. Oh, they don't like you. So sometimes I was like, are they just stopping me from supporting people? <laughs> I like, I don't <laughs> like, of course my mind goes to the paranoid place now. Sure. I don't think that's it. I think it's just some glitch, but, um, by the way, that show was fun. So if you guys are, I missed that one watching, and if you're a fan of Friday Night Tights, you will also probably like that guy, comic, Comics Division with an X. Okay. Um, yeah. They talked about uh, International Men's Day. Which... Oh, was that recently? <laughs> yes. Carter. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm going to pull up this thing and send you. So okay. it's International Men's Day. And guess what the UN tweeted oh, for God. International Men's Day? Uh, uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Not all men have penises. <laughs> close. That's Am a I good close? guess. All right. All right. It was, it, it was not about men. <laughs> oh, my mistake. <laughs> Some women have penises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Here it is. I don't have time to send this to you to put it on screen, but the United okay. Nations official account on Twitter with the little blue check mark uh -huh. says, Happy International Men's Day to all the male allies around the world who support women. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even have a day. <laughs> Wait, I mean, who support women, defy gender roles, fight gender-based violence, and stand up for equality. UN Women, they tag, they tag UN Women. UN Women invites everyone everywhere to support Hashtag generation equality. And then the website they give, this is for their, again, this is for their International Men's Day post. The website they give goes to unwomen.org. And they have a little graphic that says, 
man up and they they struck through it and it says stand up for equality oh my god so even on international (laughs) men's day i was joking with them in the chat i said because they were asking about how international men's day started or something i was like well international women's day was started by the socialist party of america in the early 1900s but international men's day was started because one day wasn't enough to celebrate women (laughs) (laughs) i know i've done i've I've actually done shows in the past specifically about i remember doing one at least maybe two on international men's day um i i I should have realized it was coming up i missed it but uh, (laughs) you missed it hey hey you know thanks for taking the crappy jobs and uh fighting wars for us guys i appreciate appreciate that they didn't mention a single thing about men or men's issues or right. n- nothing. It was all about women and male mm. allies standing up for women and a link to a women's website. And, I mean, you you have to laugh at it. It's it's like comedy. Okay, so in but, honor of International Men's Day, since we didn't do a show, okay. I'm gonna Bever- Beverly can can find this. I'm sure she knows where it is, and paste the link. We did do a great interview with Tom Golden a while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. about men's issues. So go watch that today. It's, an, it's probably a year or two old, right, Carrie? It's old. It's, year, year yeah, it was, old. From the, it was from the beginning. It, it was That was a very interesting interview. That's back when, uh, around the time that the APA um, was sort of changing all of their guidelines for psychiatrists and psychologists on how they should interact with their male clients. It was the toxic clients. masculinity days. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, but... Well, happy International Men's Day to the guys uh, in the audience. I didn't realize, but and obviously yeah. to the to the to all the women <laughs> for no reason. Because <laughs> if we don't tell you you're wonderful every day, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, uh, can we just remind people? Let's remind people of book club. Book, book club, club this this Sunday. This is the book. Uh, if you haven't started it. You got your work cut out for you, but uh, hop into book club this Sunday with us. Yeah, book club. We're doing management of savagery at 2 p.m. Central Time. And tomorrow, Saturday, I just learned there is an unsafe space knitters Zoom happening that Sandy Kins and Tax Terra organized. So any knitters want to join that? There's a Telegram group for it. So, yeah. Um, And. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, by the way. I think we lost, in the past week or so, I think we've lost some subscribers, or we've definitely plateaued a little bit. So I don't know if YouTube's draining them or if there's other reasons, but uh, make sure you're still subscribed if you were. All right. What do you want to talk about, Carrie? I mean, I assume we're going to talk about Mr. Newsom because I saw <laughs> Mr. the Meddlesome. image. Yeah, the image you chose. For well, we today. should talk to about we should talk about Mr. Newsom. So our our governor here in the lovely state of California, Carrie's not. I'm not. Carrie's in Texas, so she's safe. I left. I left California. <laughs> she left California, but I'm still here in the People's Republic. And um, our governor, our governor is. Uh, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of a good villain. He's like. Uh, he's he's very. Uh, he's very suave and like oily. He's very like he, everyone yeah. likes him. He and but he's a a lefty. 
um, at heart, like a radical lefty. I think he was mayor of San Francisco at one point. I can't believe I can't remember if he was mayor. I, I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was our mayor at one point. But um, He was. He was the San Francisco mayor. I, I thought think. so. Yeah. yeah. I, I vaguely remember him being our mayor. Um, but he uh, he's now our governor. And a couple things. One is he he's the guy, just to remind everyone, he's the guy who who told people to put their mask on in between bites. <laughs> that was that was Gavin Newsom. Yes. Um, he's also the guy who uh, I guess is behind this latest here. I'll just put it up on the screen. It is called California. Uh, let's see. Limited stay at home order. A limited stay-at-home order. So, order. So, um, and just to remind people, this comes after, after oh, the ridiculous Thanksgiving Day order yes. that they've put out. Yeah, we're already not allowed to thank, uh, celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't. We we did we we covered that in one of the shows. We're already not supposed to be hanging out for Thanksgiving. However, <clears throat> now I'm not going to read all this, but now we have a curfew for a month. Starting tomorrow, activities conducted during 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. are often not essential, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, the order shall take effect at 10 p.m. on November 21st. That's Saturday for all the purple counties. Now, here's a map of California. So basically all the counties. <laughs> Don't worry. It's only the purple counties. <laughs> I, I had not seen that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There's, a, there's the purple counties. So, you know. Um, for all the purple counties have curfews, curfews. So we can't go out after 10 and we can't, uh, we can't go out before 5 a.m. So we're not allowed out because as everyone knows, the coronavirus has a bedtime, uh, and it is nocturnal. The coronavirus sleeps during the day and it is out. It wakes up around 9 p.m. or so, brushes its teeth. And then flies around infecting people, usually between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Um, if it's a late <laughs> night, sometimes it'll stay up till 6 a.m. before it goes to sleep. But, you know, so they're being a little bit risky here. Uh, but, yeah, so this is this is the order. And um, now we'll be all we'll be all safe. Don't worry. It's only the purple counties. But um, I do want to point something out that makes this especially funny to me. Just the other day. Where is it? Just the other day, Fox 11 in Los Angeles captured this photo. This is a photo inside a restaurant called the French Laundry. Now, if you've never been to the French Laundry, it's a great, it's great food. It's a Michelin three-star restaurant in up in Yuntsville. Um, also, by the way, in a purple county. Uh, just, just in case you're wondering, it's uh, it's up here, so it's in a purple county, and uh, I think it's this this county here. And here's some people at a fancy restaurant. You know, it's it's the kind of restaurant. It's like I don't know, roughly three hundred dollars a head or something. You know, it's not cheap, maybe four hundred dollars a head now. It's been a while since I've been to the French Laundry. Now, it's expensive. This guess who this now, guy is here. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, I saw him his apology video for going to this birthday party. First, he said it was outside, which clearly the photos show it was not outside. He did an apology video, and to be fair, he said oh. it started, he got there at 4 o'clock, maybe 4.30. And as we know, as you just said, 
Oh, the coronavirus wasn't around yet. It was sleeping. It doesn't come out until 10. Right. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, (laughs) so we shouldn't really accuse of him anything bad. Thank you for the (laughs) clarification, Carrie. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, here's, here's, here's Gavin with his buddies. Um, let me, hold on. Let me count the masks for just a second. Uh, zero. It's okay. (laughs) Zero masks. And I don't even know, how does he put it on between bites? He doesn't have it in his hand there and I don't see it. Well, you're right. He should have it on between bites. But to be fair, I think I see an appetizer on the table and the coronavirus <laughs> won't get you once you order food. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that as well. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe we're, we're just not. I'm just not being fair to him. Carrie's carries much, <laughs> much more fair. So, yeah, uh, that's California for you. We've got. The by the way, this is the same place. Just as a reminder, I know a lot of people know who Nancy Pelosi is in the sense of she's a pain in the ass speaker of the house, but she's also from California. She's San Francisco. Uh, she's also the one who was getting her hair cut. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Nancy getting her hair cut in violation of uh, COVID orders. So yeah, they're. Um, I don't want to say they're an aristocracy because obviously. <laughs> That can't possibly they, be true. They must be doing this for our own good. I'm sure whatever he was doing at the French Laundry was for our own good. And, you know, really, we should just not ask any questions or ask for consistency. But I'm definitely going to stay in. I'm definitely not going to violate curfew at all. Uh, I I was just looking for this book, but uh, maybe I'll find it in a minute. Somebody in chat said, it's okay. They were all taking a bite at the same time. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> right, <yeah>. Thunder. <laughs> um, he is the, it is the aristocracy. The book I was looking for is uh, one of the ones we just did on on uh, Unsafe Space Book Club, obviously Animal Farm. And mm. this kind of behavior naturally makes you think of the book because it's it's you know all animals are equal, which then gets changed to well. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> That's right. And so I think it was Keith the Hat Guy that said, it's nice to see the pigs enjoying It is nice to a see dinner. the pigs. Yeah. It is nice. You know, he has he works so hard just because he cares for us that he really deserves this indulgence. Yeah. I don't think we should we shouldn't Remember go Remember in the book where the pigs are like, do you think we want to eat all this delicious food? Come on. <laughs> yeah. like, do you think you, I want to be at French Laundry? I, I have, no. this is for you. The governor has to be at this birthday party. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say anymore about this. Cron- I'm do I'm tired of this. Everyone's tired of this. Do you think that because you're, I'm, I'm asking you this because you're still in California. Do you think that the attitude toward him is changing even among people who are sort of, in the echo chamber on the left who remain in that, that enclave. No, he's very popular. He's loved. Wow. Love. Okay. Yeah. They, they think he's cool. They really, yeah, he seems to be from the same kind of factory where, where you get uh, Trudeau and Beto O'Rourke produced. Like it's just sort of a, a a Ken doll that's off the off the production line you know he's like you said there's a quality to him that's a bit oily and slick and just sort of manufactured even in his apology video we don't have to watch it but if you guys get a chance go look at it uh especially if you watch it with the sound off it's really disconcerting because he does a lot of smiling while he's talking but it's 
almost rehearsed smiling. It just comes off as really weird and phony. I don't know if the smiles are rehearsed and practiced and he's doing them consciously or if he's doing them because he has the deep seated uh, sort of he thinks this is all ridiculous himself. In a way, it comes off as sort of condescending. Like, even he doesn't buy... He doesn't buy what he's saying. I think... I mean, honestly, I think there's a lot of... Especially politicians and actors. Like, people who have public... A lot of public speaking um, experience or people who are in public a lot. I think they train to smile while they're speaking for some reason. And mm -hmm. I think it becomes, like, automatic. Where they just, like... I'm, I'm answering your questions like this. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, it was... I answer your questions. You're, you're like, doing exactly wrong? right. He was I know. talking while... <laughs> <laughs> I see it a lot more on women than I see on guys, but you do see it with guys uh, sometimes, and he's one of them. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. I guess sm smiles are reassuring, and the rest of the animals on the farm need to be reassured that the pigs... Pigs are just here because they love you. They're, they're having a meal in the house because they have to, just for you. It sucks for him to have to be at French Laundry. Um, yeah. By the way, you know me, Carrie. I'm like a homebody. I normally wouldn't be out between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., but I'm really trying to figure out what I can be doing in the middle of the night now that will get me out of the house because I really want to really go out now. I do know you. This is one of, in the Venn diagram of relationships, we overlap on a few things. That's and one of them is I hate being told what I can and can't do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't, I'm not like a partier. So I don't like, there's no, I wouldn't go out to a club or anything, but I'm not sure. I got to find some stuff to do in the middle of the night. It just, even, maybe I'll just go for walks in the middle. Of, just be like, I'm out for a stroll. I don't know. <sighs> Let's do uh, let's do some super chats because I miss super chats. We were doing star chats Yay. before. Actually, I am going to look yeah. at the star chat page just in case people decide to do star chats. Um, but so what Carter's talking about is when we were exiled to the Clips channel, we could not do super chats there because you have to meet certain metrics, and we haven't met those all of those metrics yet in terms of watch hours. Although we did finally hit a thousand subscribers, which is one of the requirements. Um, so instead, we were sending people to Subscribestar. And you can still go there if you would rather that YouTube not take a cut. You can go to our Subscribestar page, Unsafe Space, and you can give a tip there instead. I told and Beverly I, coined the term Star Chat. Beverly did coin the term Star Chat. Um, I, and I also told Beverly there was no way I was going to keep track of both during a show because it's a pain. But I'm going to, I'm still going to try. You're going to try. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot for you guys. But. Uh, it might not work very well. Anyway, let's do let's do some super chats that we have. Uh, Swiftner Braveheart says, uh, "Should all law enforcement chief officers from local to national be directly accountable by election rather than political appointment, and abolish agencies or restrict authority if unelected?" Oh, that's interesting. It's based on the idea that the elections are somehow will validate that good people get in to office. I think you would probably just see George Soros spending more money on sheriff's races <laughs> than he does now. I mean, you might just see, you, you've watched the Democrat machine, the, well, the lefty machine go after smaller races around the country for things generally. This probably would give them reason to do it, at least in major cities. Um, some, some sheriffs are elected, I guess, but normally the chief of police is not, right? Sheriffs are elected and chiefs of police are 
appointed. Is that right, Carrie? I, that sounds right to me, but I'm not sure. We just, in my little community, we just elected a new sheriff. Oh, yeah. Or. Yeah. Oh, speaking of sheriffs, though. Wait, I should I should say this. Not everything is bad in California. <clears throat> we do have some sheriffs like this. In Orange County, uh, he issued a statement <clears throat> saying he needs to have his deputies available for emergency calls and service so they won't be responding to requests for face covering or social gatherings only enforcement. Basically, he's saying, do what you want. We're not going to enforce this order. Um, Sheriffs like this can protect us. We've mentioned this before. Sheriffs like this can, uh, can help protect you a little bit from some of the draconian authoritarian rules that uh, the French laundry aristocrats are trying to push on you. Um, they can just ignore them. So that's good. Let's do another super chat from okay, Tara. So, oh, okay, ahead. and then and then I had just sent you an image because you were talking about finding something to do after curfew. Uh-oh. When you get a chance, pull up that image because I is, think you'll have a laugh. Is there frivolity involved it. in this image? It's just funny. It's it's a tweet, a public tweet exchange between a woman and the South Australian Police Department about her husband wanting to walk the dog. Oh, I think I saw this. This was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna pull it up, and and then we'll do the, uh, then we'll do the the chat. Let's see. It's it's just we 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 I know we we people say this a lot, but we are living in just a hilarious timeline right, you have you... it has to be hilarious otherwise it's so dystopian yeah so you want to read it yeah so if, if you guys can see this i'm gonna blow it up a little bit maybe so andrea this person named andrea says hey sa police news i guess that's the south australian police uh for the sake of my stupid husband who's doing a Karen from Brighton moan, can you please broadcast very specific information about walking the dog? So this is a good question. If the dog has to pee in the middle of the night, are you allowed to... I, I guess their curfew might even be... There There may be a more strict stay-at-home orders. What do you do about your dog? <clears throat> All right, let's see what the uh, serve and protect overlords say. They say, hi, Andrea. You cannot leave the house to walk the dog or to exercise. <laughs> and Andrea who should get uh who her her husband should divorce says thanks for replying <laughs> clap clap it's what i've been trying to tell him good work <laughs> stay safe too i think the husband uh first of all i think you should uh if you can train your dog to just shit on her side of the bed <laughs> i think that might be the best solution um <laughs> i mean the reply what they say to her is bad enough. You cannot leave your house to exercise or to walk the dog. Are you freaking kidding me? I didn't know it was that bad in Australia. Their reply is bad enough that the police think they can tell you this. But then for her to be like, thank you, police. I know. <laughs> thank you, pigs. She's like one of the sheep. Thank you, pigs. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm- I can't I can't have a relationship with my husband without getting the police involved. <laughs> yeah. That's the other, yeah. I, I, uh. It see people. It's funny, but when I see people like that, that's what makes me depressed about any chance of saving Western civilization. I'm like, oh, oh, Andrea exists. I don't know. I I don't think we can survive. If there's too many Andreas, we just can't survive. Andrea is the problem. 
So if there's too many Andreas, we can't, we just can't save Western. So it's just, it's, you know, I hate to say it, but well, all right. We know how Al did, but I remain hopeful. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, in my. Yeah. <sighs> all right, Tax Terra. Thank you, Tax Terra. She says, here's to all manly men who are not allies to women and expect them to make sandwiches. <laughs> Thank you, Tax Terra. Thanks, Tax Terra. Now go go make a sandwich. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Carrie's gonna have to say he's being sarcastic. Everyone, no, don't take the clip out of context. Murder nits. <laughs> murder nits. This is not a super chat, but just real quick, Rock oh. Rock Lexicon says, did she just call her husband stupid on International Men's Day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> it's very insensitive. Yeah, my stupid, okay. stupid husband. He's so dumb, he thinks he has liberty and the freedom to go outside and walk the dog. He doesn't, right, guys? He's not supposed to, right, police? God, I you mean, know that dude, get a divorce, seriously. It's it's like that husband's sitting at home looking for any excuse to leave the house, and she's like, stay here with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe she's totally like a creeper. Like, he has to stay with me, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. All right, Um, right, let's do, do the next one. Murder Nits says, here's to all... Oh, that was the other one. Oh, no, here's to all the men who changed ties and check tires and ties change tires and check my oil i will gladly pay in sandwiches so sandwiches for guys is the theme today uh very nice murder nets. thank you murder nets <laughs> uh joseph sorty who likely does know how to change a tire um says all these various forms of gender fluidity is just another way the left pushes their idea of sameness the left hates differences on the whole yeah, you know what? I, that always, not always, it does strike me as odd because they, they view themselves as like individuals, but they they are really bothered by like any recognition Difference. of differences between anyone at all. Um, and they all kind of, they all do the same nonconformity thing. They all conform to a particular nonconformity look often, not all of them, but many of them yeah. do. Yeah. Um, it is, it is odd. They do hate differences on a whole. I, I agree with you. All right. Well, even the, you know, the, even I, I, sh I shared something about that. Uh, gosh, what was it? I think it was Vogue or no men's. It was a men's magazine did. Uh, they did a post about Harry Styles. Now I'm going to show my Gen X age. I know he's a musician, but I forget what band. Anyway, I don't know who he is. And then you probably have no idea. You have no yeah. idea who he is. That's even better. <laughs> uh, they shared a post of him wearing from the cover of Vogue. Now, this is men's a men's magazine, men's daily or something. I can't remember what it is. They picture of him in this ball gown on the cover of Vogue. And they were basically saying, oh, gown? he's breaking. Yeah. In a woman's like a beautiful For men's day. Right. <laughs> and they said, you know, he's breaking stereotypes and stuff. And and the, the thing about it to me is. I don't care what you choose to wear. I mean, I know men who like to dabble in cross-dressing. or It doesn't matter to me what you choose to do. What bothers me about that post is that they're acting like it's edgy or something. It's, it's not – That's it's status quo now. There's nothing edgy about it. Right. You've taken this thing. You've corporatized it. It's Vogue magazine and a national men's magazine posting it with a super famous rock star wearing a dress, and we're supposed to think – this is somehow 
challenging taboos. It's almost as if they did they, they miss David pun- Bowie. Yeah, they ignore <laughs> all of all of his the history of pop culture of musicians who've already broken these these gender norm taboos before as if it didn't exist. I was saying it's almost as if they're stuck in the 1950s and they think that we're all a bunch of rubes who need to see this man in a dress because, wow, oh my gosh, it's a man in a dress. Yeah. I can't imagine it. But it's so status quo. It's become boring. I was like, you know what would be subversive? Like the brawny paper towel guy is subversive now. I was going to say, like, like if he was in jeans and like a, a white T-shirt or something. <laughs> like that yeah. with, with boots and a cowboy hat that would be some yeah, or something gre- grease yeah. stains or something if, if <laughs> yeah. he was you know the the look of john wayne that is subversive now we yeah culture moves and changes culture is at a place where putting harry styles in a dress is not at all counterculture <laughs> you know i think the thing that bothers people about it well, i'll speak for myself but i i think i imagine that this this is the emotional reaction people have to it <clears throat> Like you, I don't find it edgy, um, and there have been plenty of musicians who've cross-dressed or dabbled with their gender fluidity for decades, decades. Right. Um, so there's nothing edgy about it. What bothers me is the feeling that I get, and it's just a feeling, the feeling that I get from it is it's not that they want to celebrate him. It's they think that celebrating this thing will hurt traditional masculinity in some way there's a their purpose behind it is not to elevate the guy in the dress but to kick traditional masculinity in the face that's why they're doing it whereas like if you if you rewind historically and you look at someone like david bowie or boy george um there was no that the the acceptance of them didn't didn't have this feeling of and you more traditionally masculine guys suck. And only David Bowie and Boy George, like, these are the new men. Like, that wasn't the, it was more, every, you know, you, they can be like anyone else. They, they can be accepted. The vibe that I get from this kind of stuff now is much different. It seems to be aimed at tearing down masculinity rather than celebrating yes. the outlying differences that do sometimes happen. Yeah, and it's becoming. I mean, it is the part of the dominant mainstream culture. And when I mean when I say mainstream culture, I don't mean everyone around you, every man is wearing a dress. I I just mean the cultural gatekeepers and tastemakers, the elite, the cathedral, the media, the social media companies. All they've all been pushing this. They're all pushing this one idea now, or this one belief system, as we know. And so it's dominant culturally, meaning. Um, meaning the the what did you call them before the elite? You did, when you were talking about Gavin Newsom, oh. the uh, aristocracy. The aristocracy, aristocracy is pushing. Yeah, that's this is the a French dominant thing aristocracy. now. So, yeah. yeah, to see the aristocracy, the cultural aristocracy, uh, put out an image of Harry Styles in a traditionally masculine outfit would be actually counterculture, right? But, Right. And you can tell because when Vogue does this, no mainstream media channel, paper or digital, is angry about it. No one says this is bad. No one condemns it. So none of the cathedral condemns this. Therefore, it's not edgy. 
You can tell you're being edgy when CNN, NBC, The New York Times, and Washington Post hate it. Then it's edgy. <laughs> yes, it's a good That's barometer. what edgy is. <laughs> edgy yeah. is when not all university professors love it and think it's great, and not all news anchors love it and think it's great, and not all editors think it's great. When they all hate it, then it's edgy. That's what edgy means. Uh, that was a bit of a tangent, but... No, it was a good tangent. It's, it's fine. on my mind lately. Uh, Seek Understanding gives us five bucks and says... I just lost another family member that I love to the woke religion. How do you suggest people handle it infecting their families? First of all, I'm sorry that you lost a family member to it. I'll let Carrie answer the how do you handle it, but I'm going to throw one piece of advice in there first, which is have the conversation with, about wokeism before people fall to it. Control the narrative first. Talk to family members that aren't yet woke about it so they understand it set the narrative first so when they encounter it they're less likely to get lost to it if you're afraid to talk about it now then the women's or sorry gender studies professor who first introduces concepts to them will be in control of the narrative so uh that doesn't help you seek understanding carrie is going to solve your problem magically right now oh though. i that that's a lot of responsibility <laughs> carter uh, well We've, for people who've heard us answer something like this before, I apologize for repeating myself, but we talked a lot about how leaving that cult of belief for me was an emotional journey. It didn't start because of facts and figures. So giving facts and figures, it's good to give those, but if you're not couching it in emotion, uh, then I don't think you're going to be very successful because people change their minds and they are open to new information when you touch them emotionally. And so what do I mean by that? I mean, for, for example, there was a, there was a young person who reached out to me who talked about how he, he was woke for several years once he got to college and he had, sort of cut off, not cut off his relationship with his father, but his relationship with his father became very toxic, mostly because he kept attacking his father yeah. and calling him all the things he had learned in college, like you're white, part of white supremacist patriarchal culture and all this stuff. But his dad, during those years, his dad never, his dad would push back with facts, but also loved him. His dad loved him and he never stopped loving him. And he never felt, he said he never felt like, like his dad was rejecting him even though he was rejecting his dad in a lot of ways. He mm. always knew he could, that that would be a safe place to go to. So when he did start, when he start, something triggered in him where he started changing his mind and opening his eyes to things, then his dad was still there for him. He had some place to go. <clears throat> he had a place to go. Yeah. It's like the prodigal son story in the Bible, you know? Yep. He was still loving. And so I would say if it's a family member that, it depends, it depends on how toxic this person is. I mean, ideology is just one thing. I mean, personality disorders and other things could also contribute to do you need this person out of your life or not? But if 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 they're not disordered, if they're simply just someone who's fallen into the cult of woke, um, I would say, like, keep those channels open. And when you do push back, push back with love and don't make them feel um, don't make them feel like you're judging them. 
you can judge the ideology and judge the ideas and criticize the ideas. But see, a lot of times when they're in this cult, they confuse they confuse the ideas and the ideology for their sense of identity. So they will tend to be personally attacked. So you have to be really um, careful with your word choice and make sure you don't attack them as a person that you are trying to point out that you're attacking the belief system itself. Right. I don't know if that helps, right. but. No, I think that's good advice. Um, and then, you know, you can't argue them out of it. <clears throat> You're going to have to wait. No, you'll have to wait and just be loving. And, you know, I still I have um, close friendships with people who are either all in with social justice or are have accepted some of the tenants. And if they haven't, you know, cut me out of their life, why would I cut them out of mine? Or why, you know, and I enjoy the times when we I get to talk with them. And, and when they're talking, really listen. Oh, another thing we suggested, which I think actually works. If they want you to watch something that's woke or read a woke book, like White Fragility, maybe read it. If they will I'd say, that's a great idea. I'll read this. If maybe you watch this documentary and then we can talk about both. You know, at, that's a way to get them to also engage with stuff that normally the cult would keep them from engaging with is yep. if you show that you're through your behavior, your behavior should reflect your beliefs. So if you believe that, um, you know, that they should be open to reading or watching something that they've been told is bad, then you should too. Yep. So, yep. All right. <clears throat> Next super chat, Angie Hoffman. Angie gives us five bucks and says this past summer, Carter told people to run for school board. Well, I did. And I won. Oh, <gasps> congratulations. Oh Angie. Any more advice Andy, for when awesome. I start? That's awesome. Uh, How cool is that? That's great. <laughs> yeah, I wish we knew where you were. Um, but yeah, uh, one, this kind of dovetails with the advice that I briefly just gave to the, the last Super Chatter, which is I would make sure the first thing you do, I, like you want to be the one that they turn to for the die curriculum. So the diversity, inclusion, and equity you want to you want to set the narrative about, um, hey, we need to be diverse, and you can use that word to mean diversity of ideas, and you can set the narrative for uh, all the stuff that you know they're going to be pressured to do, um, so that you've already framed the conversation in a rational way, rather than have it framed by a radical uh, SJW, who of course will be pushing stuff. On. Um, and I think, honestly, I think a lot of people still, uh, you don't have to go into deep philosophy for a lot of people to get that some of this stuff is, is racist and they still, they haven't, the, the social justice warriors have, have redefined racism, but that's n no one outside of the little bubble and people like us who pay attention to them. No one knows that really. Most average people don't. They still feel like racism is what it is. So you can point things out as being racist um, and don't let them change definitions. Stick stick firm to the definitions that you know everyone already gets. And uh, I would preemptively kind of be in charge of that stuff uh, if that's what you want yeah. to do. And, and ground your, ground your wh whatever it is you're talking about, I would say, try and remember to ground it in what you're for, not just what you're against. So if they are pushing critical race theory or whatever in the school, you obviously want to be full-throatedly against that, but 
not angry about it. And also you should be offering what you believe. That's something I struggle with sometimes is to also make sure I'm talking about what I believe in instead of just social justice ideology is bad, which I'm pretty, pretty comfortable talking about. But what do I believe in? You have to give people something to work towards. So individualism and, and don't let them, don't let them uh, claim words that they don't let them claim words that they haven't earned. So the social justice people, the critical race theory people who are going to be trying to push that in the school, they will try and claim that they are for anti-racism and stuff. You have to be able to demonstrate that you're actually for anti-racism and the way they are using that word is racist and they don't get to use that word in that way. Look, look at, again, look at the behaviors, not the words. What they call anti-racism literally means treating children differently on the basis of race. Yep. That's racist. And, you know, I think that I think that is to always get to the root of what it is they're pushing because they can't argue with that. That is what they are pushing. Let's treat let's judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. Right. <clears throat> yep. And it's much easier to have that conversation if you're the first one that brings it up. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. All right. Joseph Sorty. Joseph says, Gruesome Newsome. <laughs> I hadn't heard that nickname. I should. Gruesome <laughs> Newsome is a real-life Bond villain. <clears throat> yeah, except for I think Bond villains are more competent. I'm not... I'm, maybe. <laughs> but I might have more respect for Goldfinger uh, than Gavin Newsom. <laughs> but uh, he's like a wannabe Bond villain, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of the ones who get these political figures who get pretty far... Uh, I, like like the ones that come from the factory I mentioned, you know, him and Beto and Trudeau, I think they're more of just, um, they're good actors. I don't think they actually are architects of anything. I think they're just good at stepping into this vacuum and being the person, the puppet in the role, you know? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't want to attribute, I don't know, know what motives he has. <clears throat> I doubt they're noble. Um, but... I think mostly this is just people who like uh, fame and power, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if if Gavin Newsom was living in an era in which fame and power could be obtained by being on the right, uh, he would do that. But it, but he's in California, and so he's doing what he needs to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's very good at virtue signaling. He's very good at picking up the right language and speaking – he can. He's got his finger on the pulse of culture, and he can echo back the right words at the right time to get the right people excited about him. <clears throat> and he doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter what he believes. He, who knows? He might not even know what he believes. Uh, yeah. He probably does this to find out what he believes. Yeah. Oh, that way. I, I believe that thing over there. That's all he does. So he takes polls. All right, Pirate Tomsky. Pirate Tomsky says, Gavin Newsom reminds me of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He does. That's a, I wonder that's if he has a very a CD interesting observation. <laughs> <laughs> With the smile, the, the smiling while he's talking, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't spent a while since I saw that. Um, all right. Another one from Hermit Thrush says on CA, on California Note, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti is running for Biden Secretary of Transportation, bringing equitable traffic gridlock so no one gets ahead. <laughs> yeah, he's going to bring the L.A. Hey, 
uh, can you teach us how you do it in L.A.? That's what we should spread to the rest of the world. L.A. LA traffic. Oh, my goodness. Garcetti is another one who's just the worst. You know, he he if you guys don't recall this, he's he's the one that went on the news and they enacted this thing in Los Angeles where they will the government will give you money if you snitch on people for disobeying lockdown orders. And so there's an incentive now to to snitch on people, even if you don't know if they're disobeying or not. And I had a friend, for example, who um, the gym that she works at, it was closed to the public, but because neighbors, there was a part, an apartment complex nearby and they would see people occasionally, solitary people coming and going, the people who worked there were still allowed to go in and use it. The police were called on them. These people trying to get that money. Garcetti went on television and said, he said this, no shame. He said, you've heard that snitches get stitches, but I'm here to tell you that snitches get rewards. Right. Wow. I'm here to tell you the Stasi is recruiting. Yes. It's exactly <laughs> what it's like. Yeah. Garcetti. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Another one from Hermit Rush. Hermit Rush says, what... What what are each of your favorite novels and works of nonfiction? What literature do you consider formative in your intellectual spiritual development? Wow, that's a great Go first, question. Terry. Go ahead. <laughs> I that's a great question. It. You got to think about it. Well, well, one of my people who watch the show probably know one of my favorite authors is Margaret Atwood, and she's been my favorite author since I was sixteen. My favorite book for many years was The Handmaid's Tale. It's still up there for me. Um, I was really fortunate at Duke to get to take a whole class on Margaret Atwood. So I just got to read everything I wanted to and it counted for credit. And uh, I like our poetry too. Um, the Handmaid's Tale in particular has been kind of perverted by wokeism, you know, in the television show. And I think the people who are out in the streets dressed like handmaidens, the majority of them, I'm willing to bet money, have not even read the book. <laughs> They're just... Yeah, well, of course they haven't. Um, but anyway, that book is still one of my favorites. And then recently, just revisiting some of the classics that we've done in book club and have has been amazing. I can't tell you how many times, like even in this episode, that that these this dystopian fiction from the past has helped me to better understand what's happening now. And these very prescient figures like Huxley and Orwell and Bradbury. So, you know, I would obviously Brave New World. I was rereading the foreword to Huxley's Brave New World again last night, the 1946 foreword. Um, that's really stuck with me. So Brave New World, 1984, Fahrenheit 451, Animal Farm. Um, all of those classics are really useful. I, I feel like we need we need an Orwell or a Huxley now, you know, to kind of help us project for even further forward of where things are going. But through yeah. fiction, there may be. I don't. I'm not up on current fiction, so maybe there is someone. Yeah. Writing stuff like that now. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, what about you? Well, I know one of them. Well, my favorite fiction book is probably Atlas Shrugged. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I do like. There's other like sci-fi stuff. Like I like Moon as a Harsh Mistress, which we're reading next for book club. Um, you know, there's definitely other stuff. But I would for fiction. I'd probably say Atlas Shrugged. Um, and part of the reason for that for me is it was instrumental in my intellectual and spiritual development because I was a Christian. I was a devout Christian. And 
Atlas Shrugged is the book that got me thinking about philosophy at all outside of the framework of Christianity. And um, it didn't convert me automatically. Uh, I, you know, I, I read a lot more and had, you know, I read all of Rand's nonfiction and other nonfiction and just started studying some stuff. And so I would say uh, that's one of the reasons it was instrumental. For a nonfiction book, that's tough because they all, it depends on what you're interested in learning, right? Or what you, like, it depends on, like, if I had to pick one nonfiction book that every college student had to read, uh, geez, I don't know. Um, maybe it might be Human Action by Von Mises. Um, I'm, I'm not I sure. Really, so nonfiction for me, again, you'll probably recognize because I've referenced them a lot, but The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt um, was one of, was a book that just completely helped to change the way I thought about things. And I refer, it shaped a lot of what I think about, like, for example, appealing people's emotion and it helped me understand better how people can have good intent and then radically different ideas on politics and religion. Right. Um, the, uh, I mean, on a personal development level, this might sound cheesy to some of you, but Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now mm. really affected me. That's when I was going through a really dark period of my life, the darkest period of my life. And it was also coincidentally at the beginning of when I started leaving my old ideology, these things coincided, which I don't think is a coincidence. Um, I was undergoing this spiritual, personal kind of transformation at the same time. And so that book was, um, uh, someone suggested I read it. I read it. I read it. I, I smart. And uh, <laughs> someone suggests I read it. And I I really thought it was going to be cheesy. And so I, I listened to it on audiobook on two times the speed setting to get through it really fast. <laughs> like the power of now really fast, <laughs> but it got through to me. And then I listened to it again on regular setting. And then I bought the physical copy and read it. And a lot of what he talks about, about, for example, confusing your beliefs and opinions with yourself, like with your identity yeah, was really helpful. Yeah. Um, the way he talks about living in the present instead of living in the past or the future. And so how uh, all, um, what is was he saying sadness or uh, all sadness is sort of rooted in, or, or a lot of it is rooted in when we're living in the past instead of being present now. And a lot of anxiety and fears when we're living too far in the future instead of being present now. And that was really helpful. Hmm. Um, and then of course, Jordan Peterson, 12 rules for life. Oh really? That, that You put that on one of your top books? Your I, I books? would actually, wow. because by the time I read it, I'd already heard most of those ideas from him through his lectures and, and videos. But I would say for people asking if they hadn't heard all those things through lectures and videos, if that was the first they were being exposed to his ideas, that was a great book and much easier to read than Maps of Meaning. Huh. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan I've, of that book, but okay. I've probably, I'm like a Gideon with that book. I think I've probably bought eight copies of it and given it to friends. And and it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, let me, uh, since you went to self-help, uh, I, there is a self, like a, I'll call it a self-help, but like a personal development book. Um, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon is phenomenal. He was considered the father of uh, the concept of self-esteem. It was kind of corrupted later and turned into like everyone gets a medal crap, but that's not, that wasn't him. Um, so uh, don't confuse that with the kind of 
hippie version of self-esteem by making everyone feel like they're winners by by faking reality. Um, but okay. Six Pillars, Pillars of Self-Esteem is an excellent, excellent book. Um, and I actually lent it to my wife before we were together. Um, and it was it turned out to spawn a hell of a lot of conversations between us, which probably led to our romantic involvement eventually. So, um, and for frivolity, Douglas Adams. Uh, I love I love the <laughs> Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Douglas Guide Adams. to the Universe. It would be a great one. Also, just throw that out there. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, if we're gonna go into the things that aren't deeply meaningful but are just fun for frivolity, yeah. I have a soft spot for like trashy horror and <laughs> well, and not even like tra like some of the good horror, like uh, uh, Rhiannon Freighter. She has the um, uh, what is it? The First Days trilogy. I don't know if you guys know that. It's a zombie book trilogy. Anyway, she's it's just fun, mindless entertainment. But she's a good writer, and so if you want to read just the inner, just meaningless entertainment, good good story. Yeah. See, there's, I, okay, there's lots of books. It's hard for me to pick <laughs> out particular books. Um, so this will go on forever. If I, well, just let's just end it because I, yeah. I, <laughs> I could keep going. I'm thinking of more books and I'm like, oh, what about this one? What about that one? All right, let's yeah. see. Uh, it's a bit boring, but not yeah. not for me. But no. All right, let's. I'm scrolling for more super chats, which there are. I'm just behind. Here we go. Oh, Keith the Hat guy. Keith the Hat Guy says, Sheriffs are elected. A sheriff is highest authority in the county, works for the people. Police are hired by government, only work for the city or state government. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that was that was where I was going with my question there. That makes sense, Keith. I just wasn't 100% sure about that. Uh, Kate Pants 2. I'm sorry, Kate Pants Plus 2 uh, says, You guys got dinged, but this is just fine. Twilight Zone much and there's a link there I don't know what that link is um, it's a link to the video that I've seen going around but I haven't had the chance to watch it yet so we'll have to save it and watch it later or I guess we could watch on the show it's the video so what exactly are white people superior at oh I have it I have that video queued up I was going to talk about it oh great well do you want to talk about it now or finish super chats let's finish super chats we can okay we can get there yeah I have that queued up because that okay. one They just they just want to rise out of people. That's why they did that one. But we'll we'll get there. Uh, hold on, I'm just catching up still. Thank you guys for the super chats. Yeah, this is and great. thanks for showing up today after our. I love the interaction that we have now. It was hard on the clips yeah. channel. There was <laughs> some of you noticed we were there, but I think a lot of you just thought we've dropped off the face of the earth. Gary Thomas. Uh, Gary Thomas says, hi, guys, I really enjoy your shows. Keep it up. And whenever I look at Gavin Newsom, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Patrick Bateman. Another Patrick Bateman. Another Patrick reference. Bateman. Yeah, I guess everyone. Everyone thinks he's Patrick Bateman. Uh, I don't I don't think he is murdering people. Directly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Buttons Moynihan. <laughs> Buttons Moynihan says. Do we understand the psych driving Weiss mid-class people, maybe white, white. middle-class people, toward an ideology that tells them that they're scum of the earth? Uh, do we understand it completely? No. I think, do we understand facets of it? Maybe some. Maybe some. Um, 
there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of guilt. There's, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of guilt that people have for um, I think a lot of people don't know why it is that they are in a better place than other people and they feel guilty about that. Um, but I think the big reason is virtue signaling. I think it makes them feel good to jump yes. on a bandwagon and condemn themselves. And because religion has been, I won't say wiped out, but greatly diminished in terms of mainstream acceptable moral codes, um, they are looking for some way to prove their righteousness and condemning your own behavior. It's kind of like struggle sessions in in the Cultural Revolution, standing up and saying, like, like Robin D'Angelo, look at White Fragility. Look at that book. She's like, I'm a racist. I do all these horrible things. We're all racists. Like, it's, it's a way to virtue signal to show that you're somehow... Um, you get you get brownie points uh, because you're the one standing up pointing out this thing that should be difficult to point out because it's your own sins, right? Um, or it's 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 you're targeting your own race. Um, but I think you are separating yourself from the pack. You're basically saying yeah. I'm one of the good oppressors, right? Like right, and. And I think you're right, Carter, that there's something there about, obviously, part of it is virtue signaling. You're doing that. You're saying, I'm one of the good ones, right? And how do you do that? You point at the bad ones. But I do also think there's a self-hating aspect to it. I, I, I do, like like the in the question, self-hating. Mm -hmm. It's um, Some of these people are probably, we've said this before, but they probably do have racist beliefs or sexist beliefs. And it's easier, it's very comfortable for them to believe, to hear of an ideology that tells them, hey, all white people have racist beliefs, or hey, all men are sexist and have sexist beliefs. It's an inherent bias. That feels good, because then you're sharing the guilt collectively with a whole group of people, instead of personally owning what's wrong with you. Yeah. You know, and, and no, I, I also think... think spot on. Yeah. Yeah, like last night on, um, on the Comics Division show they were talking about briefly about mark ruffalo um mm. mark my ex-husband used to call him mark dufalo uh do they, somebody said they don't think he's they, well they think he's disingenuous and i actually don't think he's disingenuous i think mark ruffalo is a great example of someone who probably he's been through a lot i've, I've read an article about some of his struggles he's he probably has tra unresolved trauma and social justice ideology functions in some ways like a religion. So it gives you this sense of salvation of like, you know, you've attained this thing, you are a good person. And it's a cheap way of feeling like you've worked through all those issues. And, um, but it doesn't, it's empty. Ultimately it's empty. It doesn't have the concept of grace. You know, that's another reason why I left it is that it wasn't, it, it was my religion in a lot of ways for two decades, but it wasn't, fulfilling you're constantly doing penance you know you're always in that place of being a sinner and i mean and you are in christianity too we believe that we're humans are all sinners but there's something got through in, in christianity for example you have grace through god not through yourself not through your actions 
um, they don't have a deity in social justice ideology. There's nothing that gives you this sense of grace or something to, there's no absolution. There's nothing to, to emulate and to work towards and to offer, um, when you want to be your worst self to offer guidance on how to be your best self. It's just all about cutting other people down. It's all about cutting other people down and projecting. And so I think it's ultimately empty. But yeah, I think psychologically people in, end up in it maybe sometimes because they have a lot of unresolved trauma or uh, resentment about the world and about their state of being um, because they feel like everything bad that's ever happened to them, they haven't dealt with it. And, and, and they, they want some, they want an outlet to point towards and say, this is why. This it's is easier why all to externalize than, than introspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, when I zoom out on it, I, I think to myself, it's very likely that the psychology of the population in general today is not fundamentally that much different from the psychology of people 200 years ago in the sense of what our root desires and psychological issues are. There's probably some difference, but... Um, but there is a very different cultural dynamic, and I imagine that contributing factors are the uh, destruction of religion without replacing it with any sort of moral code that's focused on introspection and personal responsibility, uh, which which Christianity does have a personal responsibility component to it. At least most Christians believe that. Um, and there's a level of comfort, right? I mean... <sighs> We're really, really comfortable. I, I know people are like, they're, they're suffering, and I, I get that, but rewind two, three hundred years. You're a king. You're living like royalty. We are extremely comfortable. And you don't see social justice ideology take off. You don't see this virtue signaling social justice crap take off in cultures that are struggling with feeding themselves um and i'll just i'll pick on china as an example um there is you know china is behind us in the sense that uh they they are not fully developed as a nation they're close right but they they had you know first basically empires then they went through a long period of communism where millions of people died and mass starvation and brutal behavior. Um, and then they kind of became this, I'll say, pragmatic autocracy, which allowed certain freedoms and kind of allowed there to be a little bit of economic prosperity. And that was done precisely because there was a recognition that communism didn't work. And so they're like, well, we're going to do socialism with Chinese characteristics, right? right? Which is like right. <laughs> not really socialism. It's a form of authoritarianism. But as, as a result, if you look at the last couple decades, you've seen a massive amount of wealth generated in China. But it's still not, you know, maybe in the major cities they live as well or better than many of us do. But in a lot of parts of China, they, they don't. And their mentality, they haven't been in the comfort zone for generations. Maybe a couple of generations from now they will be, but they haven't been in the yeah. comfort zone, uh, the live in the life in the lap of luxury as much as we have. And so they look at our social justice warriors, for example, and they think they're ridiculous, 
right? They, yeah. I think that was a baizo is the word white baizo person, or right? Something? Yeah. Yeah. So like they, they look at, they look at us and especially social justice warriors. And they're like, look at these, you know, these, these people living in utter comfort with high standards of living, they have no problems to speak of in the sense that, you know, they'll be able to eat and they have shelter and like they have Netflix and like they have these lives that are so much cushier than most of the other population. And they're and they're whining about microaggressions and whatever. They're whining like, about, yeah. It's like, it's a joke to them. So I think from, if we... From their couch while watching Netflix. <laughs> right. Uh, you know. Right. And, you know, and so I think... I I abs and I the, the sad part about this is I don't know how to solve it, but I think there is some truth to the sort of that old um, adage where it's like shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations or whatever it is, or that like boots to silk slippers to boots again or whatever that that analogy yeah. is, where like we get comfortable enough as a society and we lose. There's something that that pushes us psychologically to just become very weak. Um, and 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 susceptible to this kind of stuff, and we end up destroying ourselves. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why exactly, but um, it's that I think that's meme. Something to consider. What is it about um, <clears throat> how hard times produce strong men? Strong mm. men produce good times. Good times, good times produce, produce weak, weak men. men. Yep. Weak men produce yeah. hard times. Right. It's the same. It's that cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, and Glub talked about it in in uh, what is it the crap? What's that little book that he wrote about? Uh, John Glub wrote about uh, something about empires and the life of empires. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, he talks about the average lifespan being two hundred and fifty years, and he for an empire, and he he lays it out in terms of what the phases are, and the phases at the end become these you know kind of bread and circuses kind of thing where people are pretty comfortable relative to everyone around them. And that leads to uh, that leads to weakness that is exploited either by internal or external forces that just want to take over and, and, you know, maybe, maybe conquer it, or maybe just push the great reset button and start over, right? Um, I don't know, that's a that's, a, that's a question that it's pr I probably could think about before we answer more. You could, yeah, but yeah. we you could you're thinking while talking. It's okay. It's a long answer. I like that question. It's Thanks. a tough. It's a tough question, and it's a good question to ask. And I'm not a psychologist, so. Uh, but it's a great question. Actually, coddling of the American mind is good to read if you'd like to understand some of the psychology behind how people are ending up this way on like a uh, like a less broad scale than we were just talking, but on a more. What are the concrete things that have happened in society recently to to raise a generation of kids? Or adults that have these this these proclivities um, or this tendency to be social justice warriors, and that's that's also Jonathan Haidt, right? Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah, that's Jonathan Haidt. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. Greg Lukoff. Yes. All right. Uh, Swiftner Braveheart gives us ten bucks and says, Carter, to your point on sheriff autonomy, that doesn't exist with most all city mayors and state governors. The entity to hold sway on a politician already extends influence to their chief gunslingers. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's see. Uh, Croissantaholic. Excellent, I relate. Uh, 
Where do you recommend starting with a family member on the left who has expressed desire to understand the other side? At this point, she sees Trump supporters as climate crisis slash science deniers. Uh, well, I normally would let Carrie jump into this, but I'll start since she's not here. Um, well, I think you need to first start by demonstrating that you're open to argumentation and that you're not wed to a particular issue, but you're wed to the process of, of reason. And so you can have this conversation and, you know, if, if she sees Trump supporters as climate crisis or science deniers, and, and that's her major characterization, uh, maybe maybe that's a place to start. And, and just talking about, okay, well, you know, why do you, like, ask her why. Why are they science deniers, right? Um, and be curious and ask questions and just come at it from very curious. I, I guess if they want to understand the other side, I guess it depends on what part of the other side they want to understand. I mean, you could just talk about these are the reasons a lot of Trump supporters voted for Trump. These are the things they're concerned about. These are real things that they're concerned about. They're less concerned about climate science, the climate crisis, right? And this person might say, well, I think the climate crisis is the most important thing, and it's the only thing to be concerned about. It's like, okay, well, not everyone agrees that that's the biggest priority, and these are their other priorities. I mean, you can have that discussion. Uh, I don't know, Carrie, what do you, what's your answer to this question? Uh, first of all, I'm sorry for the barking. The mailman's come and gone. I think it's over. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I, I think you're right. It, <clears throat> they're not going to have the same... Um, I think sometimes like people on the left who don't understand Trump supporters, and I was one of those people, they are making the mistake of thinking everyone has the same concerns in the same order, and we don't. And right. part of that reason is, again, I, I would highly suggest you read The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, because he talks about how um, you can think of morality almost like taste buds, and there's different channels different taste buds for morality. And so conservatives and liberals have some of the same ones and they have some very different ones. And that really helps to understand how people can have different ideas about what's important or what's immoral. And just because someone has a different idea about, like here's, here's, here's a channel of morality that conservatives and liberals share. It's the care harm principle, the care harm channel. They both care, they both, they both think it's immoral to harm people. The difference is they may have different ideas on what is most harmful. And so if you can help point out to that person, um, you know, Trump supporters don't necessarily have a problem. They're, they're not a monolith, first of all. People who vote, voted for Trump. Um, they, they may find government regulation that is claim to be about regulating, trying to regulate the climate, they may find those regulations to be immoral. I don't know if that makes sense. You have to kind of frame it from here's why they may not like the thing it is that you like. You see a person who's for those regulations, they're like, of course I'm for, regu for the regulations. I care about the environment. I don't want people to be harmed. But you have to understand people on the other side of it, they have their position because they also don't want people to be harmed. You guys have that in common. And it's like the minimum wage. This is a great example I give sometimes. Is they um, yeah, that's a good one. They will say, yeah, this is a, this is a great one. A lot of people on the left will say we need to raise the minimum wage because we care about people. And they don't understand 
that people on the right who oppose raising the minimum wage oppose it because they care about people. You have that in common. So start from the thing you have in common. We both care about people. You think that raising the minimum wage is going to help people. I think that raising the minimum wage or a Trump vote or whoever it is, this other person thinks that raising the minimum wage is going to hurt people. And here's why. Here's how it does that. That's when you bring in the stats and the facts, but you ground it in the emotion. You ground it in the morality issue. You ground it in the moral argument. I think, if this is you, I think raising the minimum wage hurts people. You're starting with the moral argument. Then you give the facts on why you think that. Because look at this evidence. Look at when small businesses have to, when the minimum wage is raised, they have to lay people off and cut wages and people suffer. And, right. and it, but if you can show them first, that having different policy opinions or voting for a different politician doesn't mean you're evil, that you share something, you share that concern about hurting people or helping people, then you can go from there and explain why you think what, and you know, we, at least we have that in common. We just disagree on how to help people. Right. Yeah. This, I, I'm hung up on the science denier climate thing because people who say that, are denying science themselves generally like that science doesn't work that way it doesn't work with like science doesn't say what government policy should be that's not scientific science says what happens in the world right it doesn't say science explains nature it doesn't explain how humans should react to nature it just explains nature so there is no scientific consensus on what we should do about climate change there might be some kind of scientific consensus on what is happening, although even that is questionable, and that's not how science is done. Um, consensus is not truth. But um, I, I, a lot of times for me, sometimes I'll just only start with the principles. Like, Carrie, <laughs> I, I know you've heard me do this before. I'll just be like, well, I don't believe in the initiation of the use of force for any reason. And yeah. people will be like, well, that makes sense. It's like, great. I'm done with my ex explanation. What more do you want? To, like, I'm done. That's that's it. That's my politics. I'm done. Yeah. Now now you can challenge me. And as long as I'm consistent with that, I'm done. And yeah. I am. So. And you are. Like, you are so consistent. So great. So I just, like, I've, I have, a, if you have beliefs that are based on principles, start with the principles. And be like, well, but these are the principles I'm starting with. And, and if they I... get that those are your principles and you stick to them there's not really a lot to hate you about unless they then you then they have to have the conversation about your principles being wrong and that becomes a philosophical conversation which you can have but you know everything else flows from that and they might have some understanding of why like i look at i look at climate or or even minimum wage right and i say yeah okay i do agree that it's worse for people to have a to to have a minimum wage than not to have a minimum wage so we could go down the empirical argument but i don't have to i can just say well, well people shouldn't be forced at gunpoint to do anything they don't want to. Like if, if I want to have an interaction with Carrie where she pays me two bucks an hour to sweep her front porch, whose business is that? It's mine and Carrie's. That's the end. You don't have a right to inject guns into that. That's that's our relationship. You, no one else has a right to point guns at either one of us and say you have to pay him more or you can't take less than a certain amount. So I can just have all these arguments on moral grounds. I, you don't even need to go with empiricism unless you're no. a pragmatist and you don't have you don't have principles. I like taking it back to, like you said, getting it back to the philosophical argument or the moral argument first, because that's really, you have to get to the foundations of where you disagree with someone. And, and the way that you do that is you, you start by finding out 
go all the way to the base. Where do we agree, first of all? And then you can start to figure out where it is you, uh, you diverge. Yeah. But so often people are just stuck in this this level. I think it's a kind of a superficial level of arguing about politics. Right. And politics, is, it's, it's pointless if, if I don't understand why you're like, okay, you disagree with me on who I voted for. Or I disagree with you on who you voted for. Fine. But if we don't ever get to the root of why we believe what we believe, you're not really having a discussion anyway. It's like, oh, well, the Democrats did this. I don't like it. Yeah, well, the Republicans did this. What about this? What about this? Blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Right. Get to the roots of what do you believe in? What are your beliefs? Because yeah. you will find, I think, with most most people who are engaging in good faith, you'll find that you share some beliefs. You have to get dig real deep for some of them. Also, and yeah, the science thing about climate change, I don't even get into that with people. I, well, as you know, Carter, obviously, I believe the climate is changing. I don't know how much of that is man-made in, involvement or not, and I haven't had time to do a lot of reading about it, but uh, so I don't even, I don't even get into that. I just don't, I, I am, my position on climate change is that I am inclined to distrust the government enacting <laughs> restrictions on liberty and saying it's for this good reason. So well, and, that's and my I, opinion on it. And as I've brought up before, the, my general problem with the climate argument is, is the standards by which we're having it, right? Let's accept that climate change is real and man-made, that, that man is contributing to it. Okay. Um, can we do a real cost-benefit analysis about how much it would actually cost human lives in order to, to make energy more expensive? Like, can we actually have a conversation about would we be better off letting the climate grow a little bit like in temperature maybe maybe that's okay um it doesn't it doesn't automatically fall from climate like if you if you get to the point where you think climate change is is largely man-made which i'm not sure it's largely man-made but man's contributing to it if you get to that point uh that doesn't necessarily mean aoc's green new deal is the best thing to do there's a that's a there's that's a huge leap that's, that leap is totally not justified, right? You have to start asking a lot of questions like, okay, well, I mean, will we all be better off if we're a few degrees warmer and have to move populations to other spots, but other spots that were not inhabitable that become inhabitable and other spots that were inhabitable become uninhabitable and how long will it take and is it a gradual change and is humankind better off anyway or like – maybe deregulating nuclear power is a better answer than pretending that solar is in any way a good idea or like a replacement, which it's not. Like th there's no – people who talk about climate denying or science denying generally uh, don't want to have any of the, the intricate conversation. They just want to say climate change is real, therefore Green Deal or Green New Deal. It's yeah, like, all right, well, like that's not said, how that works. That's not scientific. They like you said, too, they want to claim a lot of these people want to claim that science is on their side. And some of the smartest people I know, th that's why I'm a, I, need, I know I need to read more, because some, some of the smartest people I know, um, I guess, would get called climate change deniers by them. I don't know if I would call them that, but uh, one of my climate friends policy is, is denier. I'll yeah, say that <laughs> climate policy. Denier. One of my friends in chat is uh, we went to a science and math high school. And she was like, people, it cracks me up when people say I'm anti-science. Right. It's like, right. Uh, so let's talk yeah. about gender. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, Channel Julio says, Hey, Gavin, 1980s televangelist calling. They want their hairstyle back. Does he have? I don't. Does he have a 1980s hair, uh, evangelist hairstyle? Maybe he does. He kind of uh, does. He's got that really uh, oiled look, like the hair gel look. Yeah. I totally could see him with a Bible in one hand and a mic in the other hand, and like in a different universe, that's what he would be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We're passing out the collection plates now. Call the one eight hundred number on the bottom of your screen right. to help God. And you could you could take that whole Gavin Newsom video where he apologizes about his hypocrisy with eating dinner with a big group of people without masks and then in closed location. You could take that whole apology video about his hypocrisy and you could imagine in a different universe him doing the same apology with the same forced smile about philandering or something, you know? <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Satan made me do it. All right. Um, Kate Pants Plus Two uh, says, have you guys watched this video from the cut where what are white superior at crazy that is loud but you guys got dinged for an old link <laughs> yeah as we said we we i have the video queued we'll watch it in, in a little while but uh thank you yeah, yeah yeah that's up there that's fine uh i want it's it's even monetized because i went to watch it and there was an ad running so it's not only is it on youtube it's monetized uh i bet if we made an identical video and replaced white with black we would be banned so quickly that uh i don't know so quickly that some here, some great seen, analogy goes here. This will be fun because I haven't seen it yet, so I'll watch it so you right. haven't seen it. Okay, let's bang through the last of these super chats so we can watch it. All right, James S. says, FYI, for my fellow Illinoisans, I never heard that word before, Illinoisans, Illinois Department of Education is proposing a rule for teacher licensing called Culturally Responsive Teaching and Leading Standard. It's worth a read and then a call to your state rep. Yes, or homeschool. Uh, <laughs> mic drop. Mike Drop says, Gavin Newsom is kind of like George Bridges at the Evergreen State University. Yes. Um, in his He's like, put your hands, put your hands down, Gavin. <laughs> well, you know, if a big crowd came for him, like for George Bridges, you would probably see him. Yeah, he would. He would take a knee and bow to the crowd. Of course that he would. Yeah. Of course he would. Andrew Joyner uh, gives us ten pounds and says. Things don't have to be that divisive. I still talk to family members, nieces, who I think are fully woke, though I had to unfriend them on Facebook. But I think America may be a bit more extreme than the UK. It probably is a bit more extreme, and they're doing their best they can to to divide us. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's tough because on the one hand, I, it, I mean, the family thing is like, you have to have I, – I, there's different levels of family closeness that matter. Like my, if my daughter went woke, I would still talk to her, right? But if, like, my aunt goes woke, like, I don't – it's not worth <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't care. Wait. Right? Wait, is it because um, – is it because she's your aunt or because it, you're not as close with – you don't have to I'm not as close. close I don't have as much invested in that oh, okay. relationship. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> like, all right. Like, there's not – what do I get out of it? I mean, you know – I have a lot invested in my daughter, so I'd, I'd have to stick right. around and do the thing where I love you anyway and I'm here and let's hope that someday you, you know, come back <laughs> prodigal daughter style, right? But, you know, with like an aunt or an uncle or someone that I'm like, I don't, it depends who the family member is. Family to me is not just this, you know, one blanket thing. So, um, 
Herbert Thrush says, sorry to Bogart airtime. Don't apologize. It's fine. Look up Newsom on Adam Carolla when he was running for governor. Carolla makes him sound so incompetent, very entertaining. We should do that. Uh, I, Thank people you. Don't, you got to understand about California. This is the weird thing. There's a lot of people. I noticed this uh, a few years ago. There's a lot of people in Silicon Valley who are extremely smart and good at doing their job and are in their startup or their tech company that they're working for or whatever. But when it comes to politics, they have almost no standards. It's just kind of like, he's the cool guy. He's the guy that everyone likes, so I like the cool guy. There's literally no standards. They don't, there's very little judgment of like, is he actually competent and blah, blah, blah. They are, they are extremely susceptible to peer pressure, extremely. Silicon Valley is like, I, I don't, it's like junior high school in the sense that like, they are extremely susceptible to any kind of peer pressure. And if everyone likes Gavin Newsom, that's who they like. Everyone is. Okay, this is something I've been thinking about a little more in the past few days is human beings, okay, we are very susceptible to peer pressure, mobs, you know. Ostracism. We're very susceptible. Mm -hmm. And I find that maybe the people who are not or who wake up from it are because they've had experience with it before. So maybe at one point they were susceptible and they learned. Maybe you have to have a learning experience to be able to see to be able to see when you're being pulled into a mob or you know a follower becoming a follower of something. I don't know. Um, it, it I is, did want to read yeah. Go ahead. Go I did want to read this because it uh, it's from Tax Terra. She says YouTube's not letting me super chat this. Green energy supporters who reject nuclear power are watermelons. Green on the outside, red on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yes, totally correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And uh, Gary Thomas, another reference to this clip that we should watch. Uh, also, did you guys see the What Are White People Superior at on the Cut YouTube channel? I was offended when I watched it, and I'm black. Yeah. Well, I oh. mean, if I were – I was offended a little bit because I'm white, but if I were black, I would also be offended. I, I agree with you, man. It is – all right, Dom. Dom gives five bucks and says, you guys should reach out to... Hi, Dom. Yeonmi Park, a North Korean defector. She's been warning about wokeness and socialism in the U.S. recently. Her book's great, too. Oh, I have no idea. I hadn't heard of her before. We will reach out. Uh, we will look her up. Yeah, somebody saw, said she was just on Ruben, I think. I Beverly is scribbling her name down furiously right now. Uh, Mighty Balzac. The Mighty Balzac. All hail the mighty Balzac. I feel like I need to say that, especially with the icon. Uh, I bet Carrie knows how to change a tire. I bet she does, too. Do you? Okay, I'm going to let you down. I've uh -huh. helped change a tire. <laughs> and I think if I were in a position where I had to, I could. But uh, I think you I'm could not totally that... do it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I hope. We're going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Pett says, for the for me, the best uh, nonfiction book to read is an older dictionary. Really helps one's thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think we've had this conversation before, Richard, but uh, I do have, I've got some dictionaries on the shelf behind me that are from like 1920. It's in, And I have like some from the 20s, some from the 80s. Uh, it's interesting to see language shift over time. Even stuff that's like mundane, like economic terms, like the word inflation, what, look at what the word inflation was in 1920 and what it is today. It's fascinating. They've they've built in 
mechanisms to steer your um, to steer the conversation towards acceptance of normal being what they want to be normal. It's it's quite interesting. Um, Helena Black. Helena Black gives us five bucks and says correlation between the pussification of men and dropping birth rates. Probably, because who would want to have a child with? <laughs> I think it's all well, related. It may not be the. It may not be causation, but I think it's all related. Yeah, it's part of yeah. the same movement. Yeah, um, RDB gives us a super chat and says, "Actually, Gavin Newsom reminds me of Justin Trudeau. They are like complete copies of each other. Just pay attention to how they speak." Yeah, I think he yes, was one of the, the totally people you agree. mentioned. Is the yeah, he Similar. came from the Justin Trudeau factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, all right. Although I don't know if he snowboards. Maybe he surfs because it's California and not Canada. I don't know much about his leisure activity. All right. I'm scrolling. Man, we were really behind. I apologize on. It's good. I'm sorry, guys. I was wanting to have an interactive day Thank today you. with people because I missed yeah. all the activity. We had some activity in the other chat, but Maverick Buckley, uh, Maverick Buckley says, "Tons of UK lockdown oh. protests and people speaking out." That's good. awesome. Good. Good. Um, I want to see more here. Yeah. But you know, the Rona knows what kind of protest it is, so remember that. <laughs> right. Uh, right, I've, I've got the next one, Carter. Okay, go ahead. I go think. ahead. I'll, I'll find it while you speak. See. Human Kirk. Thank you, Human Kirk. He says, thanks for appearing on Friday Night Tights and helping me discover your channel. I love your sincerity and trying to mend ideological fences. Respect. Well, thank you. Thank you for checking us out after that appearance. I had a lot of fun with those guys. Clearly, now I'm watching all their videos. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. That was fun. Uh, Swift. Swiftner Braveheart gives us 10 bucks. Thank you, Swiftner. And says, Carrie and Carter, how do we drill down on the opposite side's principles? And what's a healthy standard to validate our own principles? I think I hear both of you expressing that principle drives policy. Well, That's a great it question. should. Uh, I don't know that it does. That's a, it should. That's a, that question can be probably an entire day's worth of a conversation with you. So we're going to have to make it quick. But... I will say it's likely that the other side is not doing principle-based thinking. So mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, it's very, very likely that whomever you're talking to is not basing their policies on principles. So just, just, getting, just shifting the conversation to a way where they understand that you're basing policy on principle is important. And when you say what's a healthy standard to validate our own principles, well, I mean, I think that depends on like Carrie's answer would be different than mine. For me, that standard is is reason, and and this opens up a Pandora's box to discuss because for me, uh, and again, Carrie would disagree, but my metaphysics and epistemology uh, both drive my ethics. They're ba they're I strive for them to be rational. I mean, the only thing I promise is that I can strive for them to be rational, right? And so it's my from those I, I get to basic human rights and a version of we'll say the non-aggression principle for lack of a a better term and so like carrie and i share the starting point of human rights on some level um 
but she would get to it probably through Christianity and I would get to it uh, a different way. Actually, no, I, that's interesting. Oh, okay, uh, great. I think I, I don't think I would disagree with you. I think reason is a is a good way to get there. But my the problem with reason is. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, reason to me, reason doesn't contradict Christianity. So, well, I was going to say the problem with reason is um, any conversation is based on a lot of premises, and mm -hmm. um, so like. The Marxists use reason, for example, as their standard, but they but they start with some very corrupt premises that are anti-reason. And so, if you don't rewind all the yeah. way back to the first principles of what their conversation is, it can appear that you're having a rational discussion when, in fact, you're having uh, you're having a rational discussion built on a bed of irrationality. So, um, I, I think one of the biggest problems I think in how people even reason today, and I don't know if this was always true, but there's no understanding of the of concepts of, of uh, concept hierarchy. There's no understanding of like, well, this concept relies on this concept, this concept relies on that concept. I can't talk about, um, I can't talk about, uh, you know, let's say the minimum wage without talking about self-ownership and the right to your own life, which I can't really talk about um, without having a inductive understanding of what the primary means of survival for humans are. Like there's, there's, you need to like, there's a lot of foundational work that actually isn't super hard, but is just completely ignored. And so people are having conversations with vastly different foundations and then slapping reason on top of vastly yeah. different foundations and so they look at the other side and like you're not rational and it's like well they're not maybe but they're but they're rational within some framework that is irrationally founded does that make sense that's why it's good yes that's why it's good to take it back like you're asking this question swifter that's why it's good to drill down to the principles in the first place because a lot of people have never done that most people they don't even I know what their foundations are they don't even know i didn't used to know what my foundations of belief were Right. Yet they haven't examined them. So even just to take it there and ask them that question, God, th th this this goes back to being able to talk to, to people maybe who are in the cult of woke or something. What a gift that you're giving them to ask them what they think and what is that belief based on? Like what is their founding principle there? And then to listen to their answer because because if you're being open and they feel comfortable with you, you you've now challenged them to think it may have been the first time they've ever thought about it and and with and not doing so in a challenging way just out of curiosity right that's that's like that's how you get people to start to question and stuff you take it back to the principles like what are your founding beliefs yeah and and, and just being aware of like there's a lot of common uh i would say slights of hand that happen that have been developed by philosophers but passed down you know and distributed mimetically through society that like a one that i've talked about a lot public good okay well what is the public good like a lot of people mm -hmm. use words and they don't bother to unpack them or terms so they'll say like well this is in the public good or this is good for people and they've unpack never thought about what that, that means what does the yeah. word good mean 
what do you mean by good for the public? What is the public? What does that mean? And most people can't unpack it at all. If they do, they start to get to these weird things where they're like, well, the most good for the most people. And it's like, well, okay, do people all have exactly the same standards of good? Who gets to judge what the standards of good are? Are you the arbiter of what's good for people? Is the number of people helped? Like, does does ethics fall out of math? Is 51% good simply because it's 51%? Like, all those are, are questions that need to be asked, and all those are swept under the rug and thrown into package terms like public good. And and no one wants to unpack that because it's messy. Um, so I think if you, if you want to have an honest conversation about this stuff, you end up having not a conversation about politics at all. You'll end up having a conversation about philosophy. Um, which yeah. every almost any time I try and have a political discussion, it's like three minutes in we're talking about philosophy because you can't I can't have it. You can't not. That's funny, Carter. I I do the same. Or three minutes in we're talking about God. Yeah, something <laughs> right. Yeah, you get right to the serious stuff. It's mm -hmm. Like why not? Why not get to the real issue? Um, Keith the Hat Guy. Okay, Keith oh, the Hat Guy yeah, gives Keith. us two dollars and twenty three cents, which I recognize as an ammo. <laughs> Uh, he says, I'm a political science denier. <laughs> yes, political science should be I like denied. It's, politics is science. not science. You want to do the next one? Thank you, Keith. Joseph. Thank you, Joseph Sorty. He gives us two ninety nine and says, nothing moral is ever done at gunpoint. <laughs> I like the. I like that. It's not technically like true, but I do like it. Uh, I like it. Like self-defense can be done at gunpoint, and that's a moral thing. But what he means is the initiation of the use of force. Right, the initiation of force. So, Taxterra. Thank you, Taxterra. Uh, Taxterra says, oh, this is the one she couldn't get through before. The super chat I want to send is being denied. I say yes to nuclear power plants and no to green energy communists, the watermelons. <laughs> right. By the way, I, like I that mean, watermelon that watermelon off. thing... I think I've heard people call the people on the the, the climate. I don't even say back like thirty years ago. Watermelons was like a a thing. I'm glad you brought it back because I haven't heard it in a while. But like it used to be a thing to call the I environmentalist hippies it. on the left. Yeah, they're Marxists on the inside. They're red on the inside. Um, the Sisyphean Journal. Thank you. Gives us five bucks and says, "Why woke indifference to truly oppressed and impoverished gays in Muslim countries, for example, sub-Saharan African countries." Um, that's a great question. They don't question. get virtue point. They don't get virtue signal points for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, it's because they haven't deeply thought about these issues, and so they're not intellectually consistent on anything. They're only talking about the. They're only amplifying, the issues or causes or the slogans or the memes, that are trendy and that are going to get them virtue points. If they started talking about gays in Muslim countries they would be in danger of being attacked by the woke mob because in this belief system, it's all about, it tells you the best way to look at the world is as a competition between identity groups for power. And so they put everybody in all the different groups that you're in. And then they say some of these groups are oppressors and some are the oppressed. And so they have declared that, uh, that Muslims are one of the oppressed groups. So they will never criticize they will never, you will never find them talking about the oppression that women face in some of the radical Islamic countries or the oppression that gays face because then they would have to actually say something about. Or even radical Islamic radical communities Islam. in the West, they won't criticize. Or in the West. Right. Yeah, they won't. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You want to do the next one? 
Uh, I think I can't see the next one. You do it. Drunken Mohel? Uh, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that. says, you saying everyone can read this message. Well, uh, we're saying we'll read it out loud for you. There you go. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's a funny super chat. <laughs> yeah, yes, we read it. We can read it. We can, we okay. Can read it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, that we might be done with super chats. I think we're good. Let's watch that video. I'm ready. All right. All right. I know. I know. I've, I've delayed. We've built up this video. So uh, here we go. Man, you're just gonna you're just gonna love this, Carrie. It's so great. Okay. Movie time. So <clears throat> this is from Cut, which I guess is some channel. I don't really know this channel. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna pause it periodically so that we don't get in in trouble for. Copying. We have to pause and talk over it, I guess. Yeah. What exactly are white people superior at? Oh, well, according to television, everything. A white man could fly. Even a white woman, she could be four foot one. She knew karate. She could mm -hmm. take down 15 people. So, all right. I think before we even start, Carrie, we should just have a quick conversation about uh, <laughs> the question itself, maybe? Yeah. Uh, put aside the grammar. <clears throat> um. We asked 100 black folks with an X in America to tell us what white people are superior at. Now, what the hell kind of question is this, by the way? Um, this entire video, I mean, we don't have to, we're going to watch more, but you could stop right here and go, this video is clearly designed, by the way, these people probably voted for Biden and claim that they want unity. This is designed to divide people. This is designed to piss off white people and black people this is designed to piss people off that's all this is this, this video is an equal opportunity offender right right yeah and uh, the folks with an x is is my favorite part so the first lady right she was she's oh according to hollywood they can do anything white people can fly uh i can't can you fly carrie well i'm sorry you caught me eating a strawberry that's okay. No I one can see you right now. You're safe. I know. I just have food in my mouth. Come on. <laughs> I think that, I think the biggest, you're talking about fantasy films. <laughs> so even that is silly. It's like saying, you know, uh, Hollywood has taught me that, uh, you know, white people are invisible because of the invisible man. I mean, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's right. It makes absolutely no sense. And also, I do want to point this out. And this... <sighs> when you're in a country with majority population, large majority population of X type of person, most Hollywood stars, most movie stars, will be of the persuasion X. It doesn't matter. Most Chinese films feature Chinese people. <laughs> most Japanese movies... Feature Japanese people. Most American movies feature a mix of mostly white and then some of the the less represented demographically people. That's just that's just the truth. Um, but maybe she never saw that. What's the Black Panther movie? She maybe she never saw that one. Okay. Somebody in chat just pointed out that the comments. A couple of people pointed out the comments are shut off. Yeah, you will notice on mo most woke videos on YouTube, they cut the comments off because they can't bear 
to see the criticism. It's just like people who delete uh, comments that are criticizing or, or that are challenging what it is they're saying. They can't bear for it to stay up. Well, they, they avoid that by not even allowing comments <laughs> in the first place. They're like, yep. well, we might get... We might get some positive comments. It doesn't matter. They're mostly going to be negative. Let's <laughs> let's just make it. Let's just turn it off. Yeah. Well, who knows? They may have turned it off after the first couple comments. Um, yeah. Which wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Um, all right. Let's let's keep going. What are white people superior at? <laughs> Damn white. Man. I can't think of anything, which is good, I guess. Good. Huh. Um. Uh. <laughs> um. Oh, God. What are white people superior at? <laughs> they, they just keep talking. Mostly about their pets. White people love their dogs. Like, that's all you see. Cats. Letting them get on your countertops while you're cooking. Yes. I get that you love your pets. Can I just pause for a second? No one believes that white pe- I mean, okay, maybe there's like Richard Spencer and some crazies. No one's running around saying white people are superior at anything. This question is so dishonest. This question is so dishonest. No one is saying this. No one. No one says this. So now they've got to pull out things. Okay, apparently white people like dogs and cats. All right. Well, I mean, these are these are kind of like the kind of stereotypes that would be funny in a comedy routine. Like most stereotypes, they're grounded in uh, not absolute truth, but they're grounded in a truth or anecdotal truth or an observation, you know, averages, right. that kind of thing. Right. These are comedians up there saying, you know, white people love their dogs. I mean, it's funny. The what what Is it? what you are not allowed to do though. But and, okay. But. But but what you're not allowed to do though in this day and age is to do the opposite. They have now said um, with this kind of observational humor or whatever that you're you're only allowed to do it when you are talking about a specific race or a specific sex. So whereas you used to be able to do comedy routines about you know, uh, well black people love their X Y Z or whatever. Now you're not allowed. You're only allowed to do it about white people. <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, which I think is the the person in the chat who said that's offended me and I'm black. It's like it's offensive. Like of you course. can take a joke. It's stupid. And as a woman, they they do the same thing. It's sort of like uh, you're not allowed to make uh, jokes about what women can't drive or whatever. You know these stereotypes about women. As if I'm a fragile being who hearing a joke about how a woman can't women can't, how women can't drive like as if that's going to hurt me in some way. But right. jokes about men you know, being slouches who can't figure anything out at home or, or can't figure out how to run the, the dishwasher like that. That's fine. Yeah, it's just this double standard thing is what you're what we're, we're getting into. I haven't seen again. I haven't seen this video before. So this is kind of nice watching it fresh with you. But now we're getting into this sort of double standard thing of here are some observational things that I have. I, I think I've discovered about white people and some of them are humorous. OK, cool. I don't I haven't <laughs> found anything humorous yet, but OK. Um, it would be if it were on a comedy stage. They're trying to make something serious out of it. But if you were on stage saying this in a comedy routine, I could imagine myself laughing. I'd I mean, I could imagine maybe Chris Rock <laughs> doing a much better delivery about yeah. white people and dogs yeah. or something. But I, yeah. I don't even that to be funny would have to probably more be about white women and yap dogs that stick in their purse. Like, so, OK, that, you know, you'd have to be more specific. 
but well, for it to be funny. I, but, okay. I kind of agree white people in general love the dog. The other thing is that we've forgotten that when you do comedy and you make observations like that, obviously you're not talking about everyone. You, for example, Carter, you're right. not, a, you don't have dogs. Not you're not, a, you know, obviously there are black people who love their dogs and do nothing but post dog pictures. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not yeah, even saying can, that. I'm just saying I don't get why that's I funny. Because it's kind of, I mean, I would kind of agree with that. It's funny. Anyway. Okay. I, don't know, I don't get it. Yeah. Maybe I'm just dense. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Okay. They're funny. People love dogs. Okay. Let's keep going. Your pet black, you need to take it everywhere? Like everywhere? I guess, you know, hey, emotional support animals, I guess. What exactly are white people superior? <laughs> Fuck, man. Like making cereal? Casseroles. What kind of casserole? Tuna. It's always tuna. What do you mean? It's always tuna. Using mayonnaise in a lot of their recipes. Making bland food. Unseasoned chicken. How are you going to start whole spice wars and don't even use seasoning on your food? I mean, come on. What exactly? <laughs> so, unseasoned food and tuna casseroles. Well, again, they're just recycling. Jo I've heard almost all of this on comedy stages before, like 10 years ago. They're just recycling old comedy bits old stereotypes and of course this isn't true for everyone it just I, I don't mind it it it's just funny to me that you're again you're only allowed they're taking stuff that used to be said on a comedy stage and they're now saying it um in this sort of uh because it's a double standard and you can only say it about one race it's now in this sort of this is truth thing they're pushing it as something serious almost do you know what i mean yeah i guess that's what's weird about it it's like i don't know I don't know what the point of this, like, if you made, if you said watermelon and fried chicken and they were asking about what black people are superior at, you would get banned in a heartbeat. Like if you well, took yeah, a that's couple, what I mean. Like, if you yeah, took a couple yeah, stereotypes but... like that and threw them around like this, you would be, I don't think you should be banned, <laughs> but you would be can instantaneously. I, can I tell you, oh my gosh, I wish he was here today. He won't mind me telling this. Okay. Uh, our friend, Mystery Chris. Who's, oh, uh -huh. If you haven't seen it yet, we just did a pilot episode of a new show we're trying out called Popped Culture because he's a wealth of information about a lot of things, but um, also about pop culture. And so we just did that. We put it out yesterday. You can go check it out. But he was telling me about how because of the stereotype about black people and chicken, if he's at like a if he's at a work dinner and they have two options like barbecue and chicken and he sees the chicken, he'll he'll be like, oh, he'll go over to the barbecue first. Like, oh, this is some good bar. Oh, chi oh, chicken! Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the chicken. Why <laughs> that's so funny to me? It's like I don't want to be the stereotype. I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. We'll 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 go we'll go back to the video. Yeah, but you're right. You're not allowed to make these. These are like these would be silly jokes on a stage, and they have been. They're just recycling old, easy racial stereotypes. But the Double standard is what's weird now. <laughs> right, right. Although yeah. I am looking forward to some mayonnaise later. Mm -mm. All right, let's see. Smelling funky. Santa Claus. Extreme water sports. Corn mazes. White people are great at having fun. That's a function of white supremacy because they just don't have as many stresses as we do. White people are very superior. <laughs> We're good at having fun because we don't have as many stresses. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. By the way, have you noticed these people's shirts? They're all activist shirts. The one before no. this guy's shirt says 
Uh, defund, disrupt, uh, dismantle. Uh, this guy's shirt, I don't know what that one is. Hold on. Uh, this woman's shirt, that's a KKK hood on a cop holding a gun. These people are all oh, okay. <laughs> lefty yeah, I missed that. activist people. Uh, but all right, let's see what this dude has to say. Superior at their privilege and utilizing it. We do not have the privilege to do whatever and however we want to. What exactly? I okay, can't wait till later today to do whatever and whenever I want to. Okay, what now we're you? getting to something that does bother me. The, of course. The, the, the silly racial stereotypes about what kind of food white people like to eat or whatever. Oh, that stuff doesn't, who cares? It's just, it's just, it's a form of, again, recycled comedy. This is different. This is now they're getting into the ideology part. Now they're getting into white people have a privilege and that I don't have, although I can't really explain what that privilege is or, you know, by the vert, your, your skin color gives you something that is vague and I can't really articulate or defend. And it's, it's no different than saying, um, I mean, it's really at its root, this is going to sound like I'm making an exaggeration, but at its root, I think this lie is no different than the types of racist indoctrination that Hitler was doing, you know, to uh, reserve p battalion police officers. You were teaching that there is something inherent. Right. The about Jew is this or the Jew is that, entire, you would say. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Um, and he like... This this is going to get, I, I guess, this white privilege thing bothers me uh, on this because there's no, I don't know, we're superior at having white privilege. They don't mention that you're like you said. There's no example of what it is. There's no discussion. It's just they have this privilege and we can do whatever we want. This enables them to. I guess this is what bothers me. We've talked before about the fun aspect of this. They hate people enjoying themselves and having fun. And this this allows them to justify hating your fun. Because if yeah. you're smiling or having fun or enjoying anything, this is why they go after anything that um, you'll notice they attack cultural activities or icons that, that, the, that they believe the white population enjoys. Um, because they, you're not supposed to enjoy anything. Enjoyment is is a manifestation of your white supremacist feelings and your white privilege. So it enables them to go after your your. It may enables them to be killjoys, like virtue signaling yeah. killjoyism. <laughs> like like if oh. you, I've, I I saw this play out a lot of times when I was squarely in the woke cult. If someone basically said, let's say there was a toxic uh, social media war happening over a period of days or something where someone was being attacked. Uh, okay. Here's a great thing. We let's take the knitting wars. Maria Tuscan mm. did a video saying, I'm not, I'm just going to go off Instagram. I'm not going to get involved in any way. It's gotten too toxic on Instagram. Right. I saw that happen tons of times in my life in the social justice world. Somebody basically tries to be, have personal responsibility over their own behavior and extract themselves Yep. And take the high road. And what they're told is, that's, that's your, your sin. Yeah, right. that's your privilege. I, I use the word sin because they use the word privilege in that way. But they're saying, oh, that's your pri that's evidence of your privilege. 
only the fact that you can disengage the fact that you can right. engage as if as if the person saying it has no personal agency it takes them right. off the hook of restraining themselves and walking away right i can't walk away i have to be an abusive f word on twitter because i it's you know i don't have the privilege you do to disengage you know i <laughs> must do this i must behave like a c word <laughs> i'm sorry i sound like ben shapiro now <laughs> Is that what he I'm says? Sorry, does I'll... he use this? He uses F word, C word, all that stuff, yeah. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. All right, let, let's continue. Let's see what else white people have uh, privilege about. Exactly white people are superior at. Uh, not getting arrested. We always driving down the street with... Uh, a... By the way, that alone is... Like, I know what he meant by it, but that's pretty offensive. <laughs> He's basically saying white people are good at following the law. I guess he's just not getting arrested, but uh, that one to me is kind of funny. I turned down the highway with a friend of mine who was white, and he's like, I need to, I'm just going to pull over and pee. And I'm in the passenger seat. And I was like, please don't, because a black man thinks differently. If I pull over to the side of the road and pee, a cop is going to be right behind me to punish me. What exactly are white people superior at? Hey, Carrie, just, can we just pause for a second? Yeah. That's a reinforcement of the debunked. I'm going to use the word that they let, they like to use the word debunked a lot. That's a reinforcement yeah. of the debunked theory that blacks are disproportionately targeted by police. And yeah. that's been studied quite a lot. Um, and I know that a lot of the people that think that are in some sort of echo chamber where every time there's any kind of um, police activity against a black person, it's amplified and shared around. Um, and so that's all they ever see, but the data doesn't support this. Um, but again, this is just contributing. One to of the narrative. best studies on that is the Har Harvard study by Roland Fryer, Roland Fryer. And mm. he actually did a follow-up study as well, but there's more than one. And he didn't expect to find that. He expected to see. Right. Yeah. Right. He's, uh, also he's a black professor and he, he expected to find the opposite of what he found. Yep. All right. More fun. Insecurity. Pretending. Fear. Being fearful of nothing. Being ignorant. Blame. Letting their egos control their every move. Privilege. Privilege. Feeling victimized. Playing the victim. Congratulating themselves over shit that they're incompetent at <laughs> or that should have already been done. So, so those are some pretty nasty things to say. Like, we went yeah, from tuna we, casserole to white people suck. Yeah, we went from uh, sort of recycled race, you know, racial stereotype jokes from the 80s and 90s. We went from that into straight up racist insults. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And don't worry. They keep going. They're superior at being dicks. What exactly? There you go. They're superior oh, wow. okay. at being dicks. Wow. So <clears throat> I'm sure I'm sure that YouTube applies their standards equally. And um, anyone can stand up and say that about any racial group. All right. Exactly are white people superior at oppression, gaslighting, lack of empathy, intellectualizing oppression. <laughs> I love I love that gaslighting was one of them. This entire video is gaslighting. Uh, yeah. So well, that, look did, at look oppression. at oppression. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's it's projection, and right. it's when it's when you accuse someone of 
of what you are clearly demonstrating with your behavior. Again, not with your words, with your behavior. Yep. So what is this video doing? What What is this video is a form of gaslighting mm -hmm. and within it, I mean, how clever to say, you guys, I'm accusing of all these things. And you guys that I'm gaslighting, you guys are the real You're gaslighters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, words actually mean things. Okay. They, they're not just tools. Not to leftists. This, yeah. No. To they're leftist words don't mean things. Attacking. They're just tools. Yeah. But they actually have meaning. It's, it's like, how do, how do people use words? Do they use them as tools to beat people up and to insult and attack people? Or do they use words to accurately describe the thing it is they're trying to help you understand? Right, is it them, a tool for understanding yeah. or a tool for abuse? Yeah, for them, yeah. All all sentences are magical incantations when they're 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 all spells they're trying to put on you to get you to behave a certain way. They're not they're not attempts to clarify what's real or true. All right, more oppression. Did I say oppression? They're just creatively thinking of new ways of like always staying one step ahead of other people. If we get rid of slave catchers, then let's just expand the police force. Like that stuff to me is wild. What exactly are white people? So but that was just all the, the oppression narrative. And yeah, I, I thought about this one and I thought, okay, if I want to be, if I want to do this historically, I guess what they're saying is that is it true that only white societies have ever uh, colonized and oppressed any other group of people? I'm pretty sure that's not true, um, but <laughs> but we get the we get the credit for that one. Okay, let's keep going. Superior, making us believe that we don't matter. Believing that they're superior. Feeling superior. Thinking they're superior. Thinking that they're superior. Thinking that they are superior. Self-delusion. Controlling the narrative. Believing their own press. Marketing of white Go ahead. Pause it. Yep. They're mind readers now about Yeah, the, this is the interesting race, thing. They can read your mind. Yeah, the other interesting thing here is to, to me is like uh they set up this question what are white people superior at? No, almost no one. I'll I'll leave a little bit of room for the the few crazies on any side, right? Obviously, there's a few crazies on on the right and left and whatever, but almost no one. No one's running around saying, "Hey, we're superior." That's not a, that's not part of the cultural milieu. That's not part of the narrative. White people aren't running around saying that they're superior, but so they ask the question as if. This is some question that's that should be on the minds of everyone because it's being talked about a lot when it's not. And then their answers are, well, they're good at feeling superior. What evidence do you have for that? That's 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 just them trying to justify the question. They 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 invented a question and then they're now they're trying to justify the question, which well, they're really good at feeling superior. Are we it's are circular? Yeah, it's totally circular. All right. Superiority. Whether you are Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're conservative, like white people are really good at upholding white supremacy. How about claiming that, you know, they are actually a whole separate race when actually white DNA comes from the black female? So what exactly? Okay, so this is one of my favorite ones because I don't know why she thinks that's an argument. Uh, they're good at thinking they're a separate race. Actually, 
you guys are the only people bringing race into this conversation. <laughs> like, no one is talking about race but you. You guys are talking about race. You're talking about race. We're not talking about race. You're talking about race. And if if there, if white people are good at pretending race exists, then how are there any white people if race doesn't exist? Like, it's a totally self-imploding, destructive argument. There aren't any white people because they all came from black people. Therefore, white people are bad at something. Well, you just said there weren't any white people. So it's a completely self-destructive... <laughs> you just said there's no such thing. Right. There's no such thing as these people, and these people are this thing. Okay, well, I, I guess. <laughs> okay. All right, let's keep going. Exactly are white people superior. Honey, lying, stealing, and cheating. Manipulation. Withholding information. Lying. Telling lies. What kind of lies? Uh, the lies of history. They say that history is written by the victor, but the victor could be replaced by the colonizer. So the, the again, we're getting into very racist insults here. Um, yep. Lying, stealing, cheating. Uh, this is they're saying this is what white people do. So uh, to make no mistake, white people do this. People of every race do this. I can't believe we have to even say that. that well, we're at a and place you brought up Hitler. This, this is exactly but, yeah. what he said about the Jews. Exactly. The yeah, Jews are manipulative and conniving and blah blah. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. He said the Jews will steal and lie and cheat that they. So I, we are at a place culturally now where this ideology has become so dominant, so mainstream. That you find yourself when pushing back against it, having to say things that are basic, common sense that right. children know that anyone is capable of lying, cheating, stealing. Anyone is capable of kindness. It's not a race thing. It's not a this group, you know, over here. They are like the Jews, like Hitler would say, the Jews are the thieves and the manipulators and the right. white. And, and this video is no different. It's just saying it about white people. But it's it's racism. That's what that is. Yep. It is. Yep. It does sometimes feel absurd because when you push back to it, you, you're like, do I do I really do I really have to point this out? I mean. We all agree, right? Like, we're all in reality right. together, right? Like, no, we're not all in reality together. Yeah. Clearly, this is a human thing. It's not a race thing. Right. Okay. And these are the, these are the same people that are call, comparing Trump to Hitler, right? While spewing this crap. All right. Let's keep going. What are white people superior at? Conquering. Imperialism. Imperialism. Colonizing. Colonizing. Colonialism. Colonization. Colonization. They might be better at that than us and everybody else, really. They ballsy. They rose up all over the world and they walk into everybody's house and says, oh, this is nice. I'm going to take your shit. And they have no qualms about it. They can take anything, baby. What exactly are white people? Wow. Mm. So we're really good. Every now. In fairness, it reminds uh, me in the recent history, it was white Europeans who were very good at colonizing. Yeah. I don't believe that's held true for all history, but they're certainly not the only ones. Um, and they it look it appears that they they really want to have conversations about like what race does more of what bad thing than another race. I I don't I just don't understand how that is. Uh, it this is designed to make people angry. It's designed to make white people. Uh, angry by insulting them um and it's designed to make black people feel like they are massively oppressed by this evil group 
Yeah. And should fight. The way because what do you do with someone who does all you, that? You fight them. Yeah. So the way that you overcome stuff like this is by, I, I mean, I truly believe is by not, I mean, I'm watching this and I'm not getting angry. Maybe that's just because I'm so. Oh, I'm not really angry, now. but I'm thinking it's intended yeah, to get people angry but, is my point. But it isn't. Oh, I agree. So what, what I'm trying to say is I'm not sure why I'm not feeling, but I, you know, I'm inundated with this stuff. But if you are a person who sees this and you're intending to get angry, I mean, think about what the intention is, what, like what Carter's saying. Think about what the intention is and what it is they want you to do. They would love nothing more than if this video made white people become more angry towards black people as a group and made them believe that this is what all black people think. This is not what all black people think. (laughs) That's right. That's 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 insulting to black people to say that they all hold these racist beliefs about white people. They don't. And, and, and the people who made this would also love nothing more than if black people watched this and started to accept some of these beliefs and incorporate them and to believe that this is true of white people and that they must believe this and to believe that all white people are this racist. They're basically telling you, Hey, white people, we want you to believe black people are super racist. And then they're saying, Hey, black people, we want you to believe that white people are super racist. Right Now let's have at it. Now let's right. have that race war. Yep. No, exactly. I, this is designed to, this is designed to cause division. Um, all right. Yeah. They're real good at violence. Violence. Genocide. It's like stealing people's lives just because they feel like it. If you are white and you know this is happening and you say nothing, then you're a killer too. You are a dog. Did you hear that, by the way? I repeat it. If you are white and you see this and you say nothing, then you are a killer too. Okay. Yeah. So... Now everyone's complicit in any bad thing any white person does. Um, <clears throat> let's just not talk about the level of crime in the U.S. broken down by a demographic. Shall we skip over that? Adopting yeah. a whole philosophy that says it's okay to do this, and part of that philosophy allows you to be ignorant, right? And they're like, oh, I didn't know. What exactly are white people superior at? Taking what's not there. Taking shit. Taking our ideas. Copycatting. Gentrification. Appropriating things that do not belong to them. Taking over other people's cultures and making you believe that they invented it. Maybe they're thinking of it as repurposing. It's like recycle and repurpose. Do you know what they're talking about? Uh, appropriating? I mean, I know what I know what cultural appropriation is supposed to be, but like... Is is there? I feel like I'm missing out on whatever the uh, someone's someone is feeding a large percentage of the population some weird narrative where I, I, they're not saying like one or two things. They they seem to have this belief that like everything is invented by blacks that white people are stealing. They I don't... do actually, yeah. And if you um, remember when we were talking about how Google. Um, plays with the algorithm for image searches mm-hmm. purposefully. Yeah. And there's a big thing about like, if you looked up white women or white couples, you would come up mostly with pictures of black couples or interracial couples or with black women. And there was something similar for inventors. If you look up inventors, I believe it was inventors. You're fi- on Google. You're mostly going to see black people. They have manipulated the algorithm to try and show you that it, it, everything, everything was invented by black people by black. and that white okay. that white people have taken credit. Um, uh, I see. But they, so they but, believe but this belief system, 
yeah, they do. Uh, people in this belief system do start to believe these things because they're being told this by right. social media, by comedians, by cultural. There's a comedian I used to work with who um, did a whole part about uh, music being appropriated. And the thing is, like like with anything, they base some things in kernels of truth. It's just they're 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 selling you a huge lie. It's the Mott and Bailey thing, maybe in a way, or it could be compared to that. They're selling you a huge lie based on that one kernel of truth in it. You know. Well, I mean, if you so, take any item ever that was invented, it's always mm-hmm. built on something else, and if and then that's always built on something else or an ex- improvement or expansion of something. So you've got generations of a product that can go back all the way to fundamental science. You're liable to find all different cultures in this. You'll you'll find. Black right. people who've contributed and Arabs who've contributed and maybe some Asians who've contributed and white people who've contributed. Like you will find every – I mean anything you look at. Like, OK, you could say, well, uh, who invented the light bulb or, you know, who invented – we? I did the light bulb recently when, when Biden talked about Thomas Edison, right? It's like, OK, well, Thomas Thomas Edison – made improvements to something that someone else did, but he made improvements to something. There was a black guy who made something that was improved on someone else's thing. And then later, like there is a black inventor in the story, uh, but it's not, they basically rewind until they find someone black and then stop and say, that's the fountainhead of knowledge was the black person. They didn't build their knowledge on anyone else. Everyone after them built, so they just have to rewind that link of inventions all the way back until they find someone who's black, and then they stop there and say, aha, done. It's no different than pretending like everything was invented by white people. It's just, you're just doing the opposite. It's dumb. Both are dumb. Like, neither is based in truth. It's just dumb. But, but yeah, there is this whole idea of appropriation. What's funny, to take it back to the earlier, um, the the things that were less offensive, that were just sort of uh, the... uh, racial stereotype yep. kind of humor. There's a stereotype that white people like bland food. Well, in my case, that doesn't happen to be true. I'm, I'm one of those people who the spicier, the better. Sometimes I regret that. Um, but if you are, if you, if you buck, whatever they tell you, the stereotype is, if you buck that, like if you're a person who enjoys going to Korean barbecue, like I did the other night, or then you're appropriating, you know, oh. Then you're right. trying to get, yeah, then you're appropriating because you're not sticking with your tuna noodle casserole. You right. can't, you're it's one of those you things. damned if you do and damned if you don't. Damned if you do and damned if you don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody in chat, the Sisyphean Journal, who said this? Yeah, Sisyphean Journal said they're channeling Charles Manson, Helter Skelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because my mind actually flitted there for a second when I was talking about what are the intentions of this video. And those who don't know, like one of Charles Manson's goals was to start a race war. Yep. He thought that we needed a race war to bring about this sort of end of days thing. And um, what is the intention of this video? Oh, Racial war and to, conflict. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They want white yep. people to think black people are racist. They want black people to think white people are racist. They would love nothing more than to be at each other's throats. Right. They, they want to... They want black people to look at this and and come away thinking, wow, white people really are bad and horrible and have been keeping mm-hmm. me down. And they want white people to come away going, wow, that's really insulting to say about us. That's I'm really at, racist I'm, to say yeah, about us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, – I think we're close to being done with done with it. So let's let's move on. 
I can't hear it anymore. Oh, that's my fault. Sorry. Oh, we'll we'll back up. I would say, them white folk, they'll take it if you don't copyright it. They are very good at destruction of land, destruction of people, destruction of humanness. What exactly are white people superior at? White people are not superior uh, with anything. Nothing. 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 There is nothing. <laughs> nothing. I don't believe that they're superior in any way, good. shape, or form. Just because our skin color is different, you're no better than me, you're no smarter than me. No, no superiority there. Yeah, the, the problem is... The question the question makes it s seem as if um, there's a bunch of people running out on saying white people are superior, right? The, yeah. So they have, hey, well, you're not actually superior at anything. It's like, yeah, I, I know. No one said that, dude. No one's saying that. Go away. No one's saying that white people are superior. It's not a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, what pissed me off about this was not... I don't care about the stereotypes and I don't care about the insults. What pissed me off is this is they are really doubling down on trying to, to get races to hate each other. Um, yeah. yeah. Th this is a piece of this is a piece of yes. propaganda designed designed to contribute to a race war. And yeah. uh, and, and as I mentioned, Absolutely. from the same people who are all Trump is divisive. <laughs> really? Yeah. What video did he put out like this? What did he yeah. do that was like this? Because I don't know anything that's like this that he did. I can't remember who it was, so I can't credit them. But I remember someone on Twitter saying, I don't know if they were talking about this video or just in general, but recently saying, you know, if you if you swap out one race for another and your video sounds like a KKK meeting, there's something wrong with the ideas. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Or you could say if you if you swap one race for another and it sounds like something Hitler would say, then there's probably something wrong with your ideas. Yep. You know, uh, it's not it's not well intentioned. This so, the the Sisyphean Journal is saying to try some shabu shabu that it's better than Korean barbecue. I don't know. I, oh, shabu shabu is good, but I love shabu shabu too. Uh, but I don't know that it's better than Korean barbecue. Maybe. Um, both are equally great. Neither has to be better. I sure. will say this. What makes Shabu Shabu superior, <laughs> Carrie? <laughs> no, I will say this about the tuna noodle. So I I grew up, well I, well, I heard that stereotype when I worked in comedy, but I grew up in South Carolina and we did a lot of casseroles, but we did not do tuna noodle. Maybe that's just a, a, a regional thing. I've never thing. had a tuna casserole, and, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's more of a, uh, I think it's more of a, nor a, a Midwest thing maybe because then I dated a person who really liked tuna noodle casseroles. So I, a few years ago, I had to learn how to make it, and I make a really good one. I have to say, oh, you I do, found, you uh, make it? Okay. yeah, with handmade noodles and yeah, in wow. making right. your own mushroom sauce and everything. Like, Look how not white you are! Soil. I know. I became. I graduated to whiteness in a, <laughs> in my in my uh, midlife. Nice. Anyway, well, we do, we sometimes go on hot pot kicks, uh, which is kind of like shabu shabu. I do like uh, getting to dunk the meat and, you know cook your own meat but you could do that with korean barbecue too so all right well um let's do some more super chats b okay, allen i have to take a break while you do that i'll be right, right back b allen says uh georgia senate candidate Revan warnock says america must repent for worshiping whiteness <laughs> with mail-in voting 
he could win. Well, look, first of all, B. Allen, anyone can win with mail-in voting. Anything's possible with mail-in voting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some crazies out there, and it's just going to get worse because they're exacerbating any kind of uh, disunity with videos like this. And and I think Biden will Biden's presidency will do the opposite of you can kind of just predict what will happen based on what they're saying. You just just the opposite, right? So he's going to bring unity means he will divide people. Um, so I, I expect more than that. All right, let's let me scroll see if I can find. I don't know if we have a lot more super chats. We might be close to the end. We might have kept up pretty well. Oh, here's one. Uh, BK Mill uh, says. I'm going to use that now whenever I see someone talk about white privilege. I will use white sin because that's actually what it means. Yeah. Yeah, that was what he's referring to what Carrie said earlier. Yeah, it is. That's what they mean. Um, Derek Maggard. Derek says, John Kerry is now talking about the need of a reset and how the rise of populism needs to be stopped. Per Zero Hedge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this great reset thing, I wish I had looked at it earlier, but uh, I think shortly after we talked about it, I think maybe Beverly can remind me. I think the World Economic Forum, or maybe Chris remembers, uh, I think they tweeted it directly out. I mean, it's it's out in the open. It's not a conspiracy theory. They want this great reset. So, uh, And what they're trying to reset, as I mentioned on Monday, is the Enlightenment. Uh, they don't like it. So they, they sure as hell hate the idea of liberty. So let's see. I mean, we might be we might be at the end. I might I might be all the way through super chats. Carrie, hold on. I think I am. I think I'm done with super chats. Carrie, we can't hear you if you're talking. Oh, I'm here. I'm back. Oh, okay. So I think we should probably wrap it up. It's been two and a half hours. Oh my goodness. Is it really? Oh my god. All right. Well, yeah. we should we should probably wrap it up. Let me just make sure. Yeah, I think I got through all the. Um, just one real quick thing. Did you um, did you see the Zuckerberg and Dorsey hearings that were held this week? I saw clips from them. Yeah. I just, uh, can... Go ahead. Yeah. I don't I want to play say, a clip thought... or or anything. Don't worry. Um, I just want to point something out that people need to understand. Both Dorsey. And Zuckerberg, I think more Zuckerberg than Dorsey, was be practically begging for regulation. Yeah, They're practically begging to be regulated. That's a red flag. For those of you who think that regulation is the solution to this, the fact that they want regulation, and I don't have to explain it today. I've explained it in the past, and we can explain it on another show in the future. But just the fact that they want it should give you pause. And it yeah. should make you question whether regulation is the right thing. Zuckerberg, in particular, really wants to be regulated really badly. So he just yeah. can't make it happen. Um, but he was inviting them to regulate. Um, he really wants yeah. it. So that should give you pause. And you should rethink the value of regulating these companies and what the actuality of regulating them more tightly will be. Um, I don't think anyone really wanted wants too much changes to section 230 or oh, i think zuckerberg might still even want changes to section 230 um so anyway uh oh we have a couple more super chats let's do that and then we can go sorry speak your mind yeah says good morning or is it bad morning from australia i don't know it sounds like 
you guys back down in Australia are really having a you're having a fight with the the authoritarians. The problem is the SJWs are only comparing themselves to themselves and not the world. Yes, this is exactly yeah. what these people do. They look around, especially Hollywood does this. And Hollywood's a cesspool of some of the worst individuals on the planet. And they look around and they're like, "All men are creeps." And it's like no, you're a creep yeah. and the people no, you know you that are, and hang out with creep. are creeps. We're not all creeps. You yeah. guys are creeps. Your little circle is full of creeps, not us. Stop dragging everyone else into it. The left is full yeah. of dysfunctional, horrible individuals. And they look around their little circle and they're like, wow, humanity is dysfunctional and horrible. N no, no, that's your group. That's your people. That was, those are your circles that are dysfunctional and horrible. Not everyone else. Yeah. So, there are others outside of those groups, but... Yeah, they do that all the time. Uh. Okay, CVLG. last one, I think. You got that CVLG one? CVLG says, yep. hey, y'all, right flight to the right side of the Mississippi. Boeing is moving to Charleston. Oh, I didn't know that. And Glock to East Tennessee. I'd rather be y'all. I'd rather it be y'all than leftists. Thank you for the suggestion. I know people even in, in our unsafe space community who've been figuring out where to move. And... Uh, Thank you for the welcome. I, I likewise would like to welcome people to Texas. Unlike Carter, I don't think it's completely lost yet. And if you're a wrong thinker, you are welcome here. And just like you, Stevie, I'd rather it be y'all than leftists. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I wish Texas wasn't lost. And I'm also more disappointed in Colorado than I was in the past because they, they blew themselves Colorado's... pretty horribly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I, I do I do know some people now who are moving to Wyoming, which I think that takes some balls. Uh, Wyoming is like you're you're checking out. You're going to Wyoming. Wyoming is like the I'm just going to Hawaii. Like, like there's nothing there. No, <laughs> I mean I was just there for the first time ever, and it's beautiful. And I happen oh, yeah. to be in a I was in Jackson Hole, which is very touristy part, and then I was also in some driving through some of the parts that are more remote. Um, Jackson Hole itself felt very mask holy and woke because I think that's a lot of there's a lot of tourists there from Washington State, mm. California and stuff. But um, I look, I would live in Wyoming. It's gorgeous. Someone says Carter can't talk. He lives in the source of insanity. I do indeed live in the epicenter of insanity. Uh, but I have personal reasons that are keeping me here that as soon as there are free of the, as soon as I'm free from those personal reasons I will I will be I will leave extremely quickly <laughs> so um but yes yeah I the am. Tetons the Grand Tetons are in Wyoming I got to see the Grand Tetons <laughs> it just sounds so dirty I don't know why it does sound um, dirty Holly S yeah Holly S thank you we got one last super chat she says thank you so much thank you Holly and thank right. you guys for tuning in yeah, it's we're doing probably book time club. to go. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah book clubs book club on Sunday. Sunday at noon Pacific, right? Yes, we'll and see there. The management of savagery, which you should already have started. Um, and, and I think and there's going to be a little bit of a... In, I think the discussion will be interesting because I already know um, someone whose opinion I respect a lot, who has a lot of interesting things to say, really doesn't like the book. Um, and someone okay. else whose opinion I respect a lot, who has a lot of interesting things to say, really likes the book. So... I think it's going to be going to be good. It's going to be a good discussion, I think. So I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay. Bye, guys. If you want to support us, make sure you subscribe to our channel, Unsafe Space. As Carter mentioned at the beginning of the video, we have been finding that they're they are unsubscribing people. 
Um, mm. So make sure you're still subscribed. And then we have a new clips channel. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want to get our clips, they're exclusively going to be on that channel from now on. Those are probably better if you want to share stuff with people. They like the short clips. So it's it's just called Unsafe Space Clips. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone. Have a good weekend. And we'll see you on Sunday if you're in book club and Monday if you're not. Later. Bye, guys. Bye, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please report any sightings to Jack Dorsey. Did you know that 99.8% of election officials agree that election officials are innocent of any wrongdoing? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Here's a fun fact, farm animals and prisoners are not permitted privacy. On a completely unrelated topic, the deep state thanks you for sharing your colorful browser history. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.